Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Friends, family, followers, fans, welcome to the Simpsons Index, episode 68. Hello, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me tonight is BT Calloway. Falcom? <laughs> it sounded good in my head. And Phil Calloway. Fellow. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, fellows. Ah, mm. my absolute pleasure. Damn it, I was thinking of something with F. It's fantastic <laughs> to be here. <laughs> and thank you all, all of you at home for joining us as well, or it, maybe you're not at home, maybe you're in the car or at maybe someone else's home. Maybe you're trapped in the trunk of someone else's car, screaming for your life and have nothing to do <laughs> until you find out what happens next. I imagine that. If you were kidnapped back in someone else's trunk and you discovered this podcast by listening to it through there. <laughs> like, let me out. I can't, it's a long drive. And then you're like, oh, this is not bad radio. It's like, you know what? Well, at least he put an iPod in here. That was nice of my captor. So thank you, captor. And I'm sorry for your position, captain. Person in the boot. Well, thank you. Yes, all you captors and captees for joining us for the Simpsons Index. Prepare to be captive. The podcast where we watch and review three episodes of the Simpsons at a time. But the catch is, each episode comes from a different decade. Like this first episode we watched that came from the HD era. It was season 23, episode 18, Beware My Cheating Bart. First released in April of 2012, written by Ben Joseph in this episode. Jimbo hires Bart to be like a bodyguard for his girlfriend, Shauna. Mm -hmm. And Bart and Shauna actually strike up a little relationship. And they try and keep it secret from Jimbo. And in the B story, Homer buys a treadmill with a TV screen and ends up just watching the TV screen. He gets hooked on this Powerport of Lost. They call it Stranded. Stranded. Yeah, guys, what did you think? I think that I was lucky that you didn't tell me the name of this episode before we watched it. Because mm. <laughs> I would have been much harsher and I'd known it was called Beware My Cheating Bart. It's not the worst pun title they've had. Not no, the worst. it's not, but it doesn't promise a lot. <laughs> Just because it's not the worst doesn't mean it's not worthy of being ridiculed. Yeah, it's definitely very lazy. But yeah, uh, so this episode, how, how did this make you feel, guys? I'm confused because I swear it's not finished. <laughs> like some of the animation and uh, specifically the one I'm going to point out the most is when they come out of the Happy Little Elves film and Millhouse has like elf ears and an elf hat. They're just yeah. white. They look like they haven't been colored at all. I'm like, we know what those things are meant to look like. We've seen them before. And there mm. were just some little animation bits that they didn't feel finished. It's like, did they just hit a deadline? Like, nope, shove it out the door. Yeah. I remember thinking that was weird. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it felt like the same could have been said for most of the script as well. It was kind of... yeah. Oh, I, don't yeah. know, I think when we finished watching this, everyone went, well, that was a thing. Yep. Time yeah. has now passed. Yeah. It was <laughs> literally, that was a way that I could have spent 25 minutes. And yeah, it's just, it's an episode where things happen, but nothing has any point or meaning or anything to it. It just, it's events followed by other events. I got to say though, I didn't really hate it so much. It's one of those, I don't hate it in the viewing, but I hate it in concept. Yeah. Although I got to say, you know, for how much ragging we've been doing on Shana... Uh, over the, uh, all the episodes she's appeared she was actually not that like egregiously terrible in this one no she's one of the few parts i'm probably not going to yell out too hard has she been in other episodes is she like a fixture yeah usually shana shows up has a line and says i'm shana and walks away oh i think I remember yeah her. yeah that's her catchphrase i'm shana yeah. Oh, because she was like in an episode at some party where she mm. said yeah. that. And I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and then she says, I'm Shana. You're like, well, now I know. So, BT, for better or worse, what's a joke that stood out to you? All right. Um, let's just cut this one off. So, we don't normally talk about the uh, intros or the couch gag. Oh, yeah. But this one just went on for a long time and was aggressively terrible. 
So first off, yeah. we get the Simpsons, and then it says, now entering Oregon. It's like, wait, I thought, okay, uh-huh, okay. Fine. So yeah, they were having a joke at the misconception that one of them I said in an interview that uh, Springfield was set in Oregon. But it which makes sense, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, so there was this interview done a few years later with one of the Simpsons creators where he sort of jokingly implied that it was in Oregon and it sort of didn't translate to the text interview, so... People picked up the story, Simpsons announced. So, mm-hmm. yeah, in this intro, they're commenting on the hysteria around it and as well with the chalkboard gag, which is the true location of Springfield is in any state but yours. Yeah, yeah I didn't think they were in New South Wales. <laughs> but then we move on to this couch gag, which is done in that kind of sketchy, Frenchy style. Yeah, and this was done by Bill Plimpton. As yeah, well. and it's just weird. As, so it starts off Homer kind of patting the couch and then goes to the backstory about how I'm a meeting the couch and dating the couch and then the couch is pregnant and then he abandons the couch when he meets Marge and then the couch has a baby sofa and has to start like dancing on a stripper pole and begging for money and I wish I was making this up. These are all things that happened. Yeah. The couch committed suicide by jumping into the back of oh, yeah, a right. garbage truck and that Homer rescues for some it. Yeah, and Homer rescues it from being chomped on and says, oh no, come with us. It's like, so the implication here is that you've had a child with a couch and to make everything better, you've brought it home to your current wife to sit on while your other baby from another marriage now sits on your... It's just... What? Why? Yeah, yeah it, it looks... Very weird. Stylistically, it looked... interesting it was on point (laughs) so yeah these big extended couch gags they do feel like they're just there to eat up the time and to your point about this episode didn't feel finished (laughs) yeah it wouldn't surprise me that they had yeah because it was like a two maybe minute sequence yeah it went forever Mm. yeah it was like beyond where it was even entertaining it was just let this be over yeah and as we said when we were watching it i had to write down and say the words is that couch pregnant Yeah. yeah Which I feel like you kind of reveled in. I, I don't want to revel it. I'm just trying to make sense of it. This is, this is where we're starting on this episode. Yeah. yeah. Before yeah. we hit the episode proper, I've had to say that sequence of words. Yeah, which I think was very foreboding for what the rest of the episode was. Yeah. Phil, for better or worse, what's a joke that stood out to you from this episode? I mean, there were a couple of good little laugh ones. There were some good jabs at Lost through Stranded parody, where mm-hmm. they, yeah. which they kind of overdid as well. Like, oh, yeah. there were so many times where I went, oh, this is the episode where they promise to answer everything. Oh, they're posing all these questions. Obviously, the next episode, we'll get all the answers. Yeah, what yeah. an interesting pilot episode. I'm sure everything will pay off. Yeah, there's, so there's a lot of that. And there was a lot of weird, you know, opening the coconut to find a cat that has the number of the flight in it. Like, there was a bunch of stuff that was really... It then says purgatory. Yeah, mm. it was all a bit weird. Like, mm. it was okay, but I think they just pushed it too hard. And I wasn't a big Lost fan, so but I got that there was supposed to be weird out there. I watched the first episode, I was really excited, yeah. and then as soon as a smoke monster appeared, because I thought it was going to be a Lord of the Flies type thing, where it's like, yeah. you know, they start a society, and then they kill each other off because humanity is humanity, but mm-hmm. then it was a giant smoke monster, and I was kind of like, well, this is a bit dumb, and then when yeah. the smoke monster ended up being a fucking baboon or whatever it was, I was like, well, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I held off from it for the longest time, because I'm just naturally wary of hour-long drama shows, and then hearing people bitching about it by season three. I'm like, okay, I made an okay decision. Yeah. How about you, BT? Did you watch Lost? Um, I watched the first two seasons and then I watched the last episode. And the thing is, okay, before the last episode, they had like a recap. And I'm sitting there watching through that. I'm like, okay, some of this actually looks pretty good. Maybe I should stop watching this recap and actually, you know, watch the show for real. And then literally the second I finished that thought, the recap goes, and then the island disappeared. I'm like, 
nope, this is stupid. I'm so glad I didn't waste my time. <laughs> but some people weren't in the past and some people were in the past. Like, why? Fuck you. So it's very, did I blow your mind? Yeah, and it's like, no, you just don't make <laughs> sense. Yeah. It's like Inception. Just because you got a convoluted premise doesn't make you clever. Mm-hmm. It just makes you detailed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a joke that stood out to me, I, I actually liked most of the material with Homer and the treadmill. I thought that was a very, mm. uh, a bunch of funny commentary on home exercise equipment. Yeah, and I do quite like that we have this whole intro sequence with Homer buying the treadmill. I do like that he then, that's what his story was. It didn't yeah. just, bought the treadmill, I'm moving to something else. Mm. Little visual gags every now and then, like he puts the uh, deck chair down on the treadmill and he's eating yeah. pistachio she was just letting the shells fall through yeah, and I like ride that. the treadmill out to the back. Yeah, and then the fish and then the wine and then he's fallen asleep <laughs> and he's uh, rides into the pile of old pistachio shells. I, I do like at the beginning of the episode that he, he says, and now I'm off to the only court that I can't be in contempt of, the food court. <laughs> yeah, it's just a shame though because uh, this is the story moment that stood out to me. Once Homer and Marge have that fight about the treadmill, that's when I think Homer's story starts turning to shit. Yeah, yeah, because he just becomes too obsessed with a thing that he could easily watch anytime. Yeah. yeah. But he's having to watch it in secret while snacking on a treadmill. It's one of those things we go, even Homer could go, I may as well walk while I'm watching this rather than yeah. literally eating beers, popcorn and chip. Yeah. Like, but- I, th- I thought the plot was going to be he was so hooked on the show that he starts getting thin and yeah. we we're going to get go somewhere with that. I was really expecting that to be the launching point for the rest of his story rather mm. than the, the rest of his story is he's in the basement watching Lost. Yeah, because that, that's the other thing. Now that he sold the treadmill, it felt like that story didn't have an anchor anymore. No. Then he just has that group meeting with Lenny and Carl and that was just and boring. Then, but at this point, from that point on, everything is just ripping on Lost. You can get a couple of jokes out of that. Sure, it's fun to make fun of that stupid show. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the end of his story. It just hit a wall and it's like, okay, we're just ripping on this five-year-old, which they even called to several times. Yeah. It's five years old now. And it's like, cool, but why are you making an episode about it? Yeah, and and it's just a shame because and they were going for a Marge and Homer on Rocky Grounds angle, but yeah. it didn't feel. Yeah, it re- it was resolved instantly. Like for three seconds, were they mm. on Rocky Ground? They had a fight that they proclaimed to themselves, "It's the stupidest fight we've ever had." Yeah, because it was. And then the next scene, Marge is like, "I've recreated the bedroom to be the lost island with balloon water and like way too much effort." Yeah, and then. She still has a reasonable reason to be mad at him. Totally. Again, Homer didn't learn anything. BT, what is a moment from the story, for better or worse, that stood out to you? I'm gonna. It's. It's. I'm. I'm pretty sure it stands out as a negative, and I've never said this before, but boobs. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you're going negative on boobs. It was just. It was an oddly presented scene, followed up oddly as well. Yeah. Um, and then with some poor jokes. So Sean uh, Bard takes the fall, so Shauna doesn't have to. Uh, when Shauna's shoplifting. And then gets taken to mall jail, which just explodes. No explanation or scene with that. It just explodes. I kind of like the mystery around that where Bart sort of had an out. He had an exit plan for this situation, whereas Shauna didn't think ahead. A line, at least. Something. (laughs) Why did that just explode? Anyway, Shauna's then like, oh, here's your reward. And just shows her boobs. And he's just shock-faced until the next scene. And which... Shock-faced. And his response was, 
just like dads. Yeah, yeah. I know. So it's like, <laughs> which is super gross. Yeah, way to, way to take what should be a defining moment of your young life and ruin it by comparison to your father. Yeah. Uh, and then the next scene where, you know, they're eating dinner and grandpa's like, more breasts. That was so... And he's like, no, what? No, what? Ah, I meant chicken. It's like, <laughs> oh, really? No shit. No, nah, in, in my notes, I drew an emoji that was rolling its eyes because <laughs> that was just so terrible. It's like... It's the naked gun stick, you know, everywhere I look, something reminds me of her and he sees yeah. those two water towers that look <laughs> like boobs. But yeah, just done this much more forced. Like yeah. mashed potatoes aren't normally piled in a breast-like <laughs> manner and, you know... Unless you're having a close encounters moment and, you know, sculpting it yourself. And then Marge with the cookies as well and it's like, oh, come on. Well, I think my sticking point why I dislike this whole bit is that... Bart's response there is like, I just don't think I'm ready for all this. And then mm. later on he's making out with Shauna anyway and it's like... Do you want this or not? I'm confused. Yeah, and in like a couple of scenes after the initial flashing, he's at school and he's got a blanket and drinking a hot drink like he's still shook up about this. Like, yeah, kind of a dig swing back and forth quite a lot. Yeah, so either make this a moment that has hurtled you forward in your development and you're not ready for it. And therefore, you know, maybe Shauna really likes him, but he's like, no, I don't want to do this, A, because I'm 10, and B, yeah. because Jimbo will pummel me. There's some hilarious misunderstandings. Jimbo tries to pummel him anyway. Or have him say, I think this is something I'm into, and then, you yeah. know, go with that direction. And then he is sneaking around with Shauna because he wants to, and have Jimbo finds out and Jimbo tries to pummel him. Pick one or the other. We feel like we're split between the two, and it's just odd. Yeah, motivations are really mixed, aren't they? Mm. Phil, what's a moment from the story, for better or worse, that stood out to you? Whether it was good or not, I'm not sure. But there was, after the boob flashing, there was a kind of a two-minute-long montage of them mm. going on secret dates, almost like spies, but then, you know, kissing occasionally, but then playing yep. whack-a-mole. Uh, and then there was a weird bit where Bart and Milhouse were walking a la Taxi Driver. Easy Rider. Yeah. Easy Rider. Easy rider. And then, I wrote down Midnight Cowboy. Right, <laughs> that might be Midnight Cowboy. Actually, no, I think it's Midnight Cowboy. My apologies. What's the walk? I'm walking here, I'm walking here. Yeah. But yeah, that bit was so out of place, especially because they were doing a couple of like movie winks. Like they did the old Mrs. Robinson the shot. The graduate shot. The yeah. graduate, yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's some others I didn't recognize. Yeah, yeah, but, but it was weird that then you know, Milhouse and Bart popped into the end of it. But it was it was it was okayly done. Like I was like, yeah. oh, this is all right. Also, they flip who's Dustin Hoffman, because Dustin Hoffman in um, Midnight Cowboy is Milhouse in that scene. Then it flips to Bart being Dustin Hoffman. Uh. Who's Dustin Hoffman here? <laughs> Whoever needs to be. Mm. Would the real Dustin Hoffman please stand up? And I actually liked the sudden end to that montage with Jimbo, you know, fishing him out of the pool and mm. stuff. Yanked back to reality. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish there was a musical sting there, just like yeah. a nice little minor or diminished chord, yeah. just go, dun. <laughs> because, yeah, the song, which was musical moment for this episode, April, Come She Will by Simon and Garfunkel. And oh, I'm going to write that down. That was a very nice I song. I couldn't tell if it was a Simon Garfunkel song or a clever parody of a Simon Garfunkel song. <laughs> well, it was sort of weird that they went with that because they say names April and June. They never say Shauna. Yeah. <laughs> Shauna. Shauna says she will. Name <laughs> yeah, that was all right. And then there were some good, albeit, I think, prolonged pool-related gags by the lifeguard. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was what that was that don't go back to the second bite kind of joke. Yes. It was good for the first one. It was like, no, what do you say? No he goes, uh, hey, no roughhousing. He's like, I'm not. This is legitimate pummeling. He's like, okay, well, I guess that's a loophole. But then he goes, I'm going to have to check. Oh, uh, hi. No, I don't like calling, calling about changing shifts. And it's mm. like, no, no, no. You had a pretty good joke. Yeah, with the, you were there and then you've made it 
worse. Yeah, we've all seen the signs that no, no running, no rough housing, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, what about legitimate pummelings? But yeah, I did like it when they dipped back into that pool <laughs> and they had Bart running across the pool and he goes, no running on the pool service. I'm on the grass. <laughs> what, everyone's a pool lawyer all of a sudden? I did like the term pool lawyer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I disliked the term grass apron. <laughs> grass apron. <laughs> That's what Bart was running but, on, apparently. But yeah, everyone here, a swimming pool lawyer. Or so, I, I liked that. So, play count. How many times before tonight have you seen this episode? I didn't think I had, and then the whole stranded thing made me remember that, yes, I have. Phil? I've never seen this episode, and I will never see it again. <laughs> I know I've seen it a couple of times. I, rem- I remember the stranded stuff way more than I remember the Shana mm. stuff. Shana. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's like, it's unbuttered toast is what this episode is. <laughs> it's not offensive in itself, but it could be way better than it is. It could yeah. be four fried chickens and a large Coke. Yeah, it could be peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Mm. I feel like that was very Homer. To- it was. As forced as all the jokes were, the idea that he takes uh, something meant for exercise and uses it for lounging around. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And especially just watching his descent of, yeah, he's actually getting into it. He's walking and now he's just crawling on his knees and now he, he just grabbed a deck chair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think all the characters behave the way they're supposed to, but again, their motivations just move and change apropos of nothing so much that you just you feel lost. I get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it doesn't, mostly for the plot, because, again, just pick a motivation for Bart and stick with it. Pick, are Marge and Homer angry at each other or not? Yeah. You know, yeah. they kind of just half between both as though we're in some kind of purgatory. Yeah, I think um, definitely Homer struck true. But everyone else was kind of just a slave to whatever the yeah. story was. We could understand yeah. Marge being mad at him, but the fact she doesn't maintain that. Yeah. yeah when exactly. she had legitimate reason to be. She even says, I wanted to watch this show five years ago, and then you called it pretentious and stupid. You're watching it now. You could be watching it again with I me. I can't imagine Homer using the word pretentious. No. Yeah. <laughs> that seems too highbrow for something that he doesn't like. <laughs> but yeah, like that, I agree that she had legitimate gripe. Mm. More so that he's not using his treadmill and just watching TV on it. But yeah, it does seem like that was a, a half thought through story and especially that half, that argument yeah. between the two of them was just something went nowhere so you could have that one scene and then nothing came of it and, except for Marge. Yeah, they and, really didn't have the right escalation for this and then they didn't have an out. They had a good in. Yeah, yeah but even then, it's Marge effectively apologises to Homer and yeah. then just flip that scene where he's like, hey, do you want to watch the last episode with me? And he's kind of made up the room and everything. That's that's a cute ending. You know? Yeah, it could be. There could he's be he's sharing that th- the thing he's obsessed with her, even though she spoiled it. Yeah, why not? That works. Mm. And I will say as well, I think I'm going to coin the term line quota because they were totally just inserted Lisa into this episode to fulfill oh, Yardley mm. Smith's line quota. Yeah. I never remember what she said. <laughs> Oh, she came into the treehouse like, okay, I can uh, broker yeah. a deal. And then she didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And then literally just went, okay, it sounds like a time to leave. Let's go. And yeah. walked out. Very unsatisfying for that reason. And also, I didn't really enjoy the bullies in this one either. No, uh, they were yeah. like half bumbling around and half threatening, but not yeah committed one way or the other. And you didn't really learn much about any of them, apart from Jimbo's got a terrible baldness thing. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a nice sort of throwback that they've sort of run with throughout the years. That yeah, underneath this purple woolen cap, he's been bald the whole time. Mm. It was interesting that they had the bullies hang out with Marge for a bit as well. Yeah, I like how she pacifies them, and he, she goes, "Oh, you know, you need to hang out with Bart because he, I want to encourage non-millhouse playdates. Yeah. That's why you're allowed to wait around my house to beat him." But then, then what? they're doing his her laundry, <laughs> yeah. and why were they making the bed? And I stuff? don't know. Yeah hanging up Bart's underwear and uh, just there wasn't any good material around it either. No, there's a bit where like Marge goes, be careful hanging up Bart's undies. Yeah. And Jimbo goes, oh, we will. And then nothing came from it. I was waiting for him to put ants or something <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, or like a wedgie joke or something like just, that. Just, it was just, that was the end of that bit. Yeah. Yeah, there could have been, a joke, uh, yeah, poor hot sauce down them or something. Like, and then even when they went, oh, that's right. So they went from that scene, Shauna goes, quick, I know where we can go. They go to the comic book store. Mm, uh, oh, God. She insults comic book man. Comic book man goes, ah, oh, calls up the bullies and goes, hey, fellow bullies, I've got your girlfriends here. They're at the store. Yep. And he's like, you're a bully as well? And he's I'm a cyber bully. And then she's going, well, you've just started a flame war with a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. And then they have like a duel, a, a with duel texting SMX, battle. Texting battle With thing. neither one reading the texts. Yeah, or even like there was no gags out of that. It was just a very, very boring sword fight without the swords. Yeah. Then they left the comic book store. I think in that instance, I think I would have liked some cuts to phone screens and whatever to see what Just they were. Just something. Even if one of them went, oh, you can't call me that. What? <laughs> you know, my tits are not that small or something. <laughs> it, anything. It was just literally just people mashing phone buttons for two yeah, minutes. Yeah, while the camera angle and music's all, oh, look at this high drama. You're like, Nothing, nothing's happening. Yeah, it's like yeah. the guy charging up for Dragon Ball Z for 18 episodes. <laughs> but at least he's going, ah. Yeah, there might have been there might have been some ahhing in there. I'm not sure. Uh, so let's talk about the wackiness of this episode. Homer got crushed by these newly purchased jogging machine. Yeah, and then just drags a drink from nowhere and starts sipping through the straw, and is like, ah, this is the life. It's like, yeah, it? it doesn't get any better than this. And I'm like, that's your out for this scene. Like, yep. that is just such a non-joke. The sporting goods store guy knows Homer's name. Yeah, I had that as well. Like, he just knows it. And he never introduced him. It was weird. And then uh, Homer's on one of those fitness balls and bounces up into the light and gets glass all over him. And it's just like, why did that just happen? Yeah, that was all, it was all a bit weak. Like, I didn't mind the, the whole treadmill thing kind of worked. But getting into it was, you, sir, you look like you're about to die. You've seen this Swiss ball and let me sell you a running yeah. machine. Well, I, I did like the sales pitch with the whole... Him going through all the features and stuff. Uh, the little side doggy walker. Oh, I wish he got that. And <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. Had some scenes with Santa's little helper as well. Because sure. that would have lent in the whole alternate version of this episode where... Where it doesn't yeah. blow. It doesn't suck, yeah. Ooh, harsh words. <laughs> and door blow. <laughs> uh, other wacky moments? I'm going to lump a couple in here. They're not full wacky, but I don't know where else to put them. Yep. I like where they're making out of the school and they put a tie on the door and on Skinner, of Skinner's office. And Skinner rocks yeah. up and he's like, oh... And just kind of sits down and waits. <laughs> I kind of like that. The episode of uh, Stranded has a, a big mystery carving on the wall and it's the lettering from Futurama. Oh, is it? I'm pretty uh, sure it looks like it. Oh, I miss that. Uh, when the episode ends, they do a big zoom out and they go past Fry and Leela at one point. Yeah, as well. very Men in Black type ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Then, yeah. Oh, my God. And it ends on the cat who goes perplexing. Yeah, very Men in Black ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not in a good way. Mm, oh yeah. One thing I'm going to bring up is just a weird production one. When Bart's running from like the bullies, they play music that's very close to Bob's theme. And it's like, yeah. why? 
Why would you do this? Bob's theme from... Down, 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 who's, who's Bob? Down. Oh, Sideshow Bob. My apologies. I the, thought we were on a last name basis. The, ca- the Cape Fear music. It's yeah. his first name. I know. I know. <laughs> and yeah, it's sort of weird because he's doing like this Ferris Bueller-esque... Yeah. Uh, Diving through the backyards. Which is usually done to like fast paced eighties music, hip to be square or something. Oh, oh. <laughs> hip to be square. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, something do, like Huey do, Lewis. Do, do, do. Speaking um, of the power of love, uh, let's talk about the heart of this episode. Did you guys feel ba bumps? Nah, nothing. Nope. 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 Coulda, woulda, shoulda, didn't I? <laughs> Again, coming back to the mixed motivations of this episode, I felt nothing for Bart and Shauna. No, it was really just something you were just waiting for it to stop. Yeah, yeah definitely. When is Jimbo going to finally pummel him? Yeah, and then there wasn't that much pummeling. Yeah. Mm. And then there was, no, I don't remember what the resolve is. Oh, Lisa convinced her to find herself and not get back with either of them. Oh, yeah, so that's what Lisa did for this episode. She spoke Thanks, up for Lisa. feminism. Yeah, but then Shana decided that she's going to find an inappropriately aged older man to teach her about herself. And we're back to zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's when Lisa left. So, yeah. It just bothered me because, yeah, uh, Bart's like, oh, but you don't want me either. And it's like, did you want her? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it seemed like you really didn't yeah. until you sometimes did. Yeah. And then also Homer and Marge, they were going for a love storyline. And, you know, Homer had that line of, you know, i got a spoiler alert about our marriage. It's not being great at the moment. <gasps> yeah. And that really shocked Marge, who should be really quite who, aware. Who was in the room at the time she yelled at him. So yeah. I feel like she would know that. Yeah, she seemed to be in on the gag. Hmm. But yeah, the, it, they were definitely playing it up as being more than it actually was. Yeah. They didn't ramp up to it good at all. No, there's yeah. no ramp at all. It was just... All of a sudden, Marge has a problem with this story. Like, oh, and Homer goes, oh, our marriage isn't great. You're like, is that because you're watching Lost all the time? Yeah, which makes it even shittier that she had to apologise to him effectively. Especially when she came in and went, homie, the kids are at work and Maggie's whatever she was doing. <laughs> at work. Do you want to come <laughs> up and you know have sexy times? And he's like, can it wait 124 hours? Mm. And ignores her. It just seemed really poorly yeah. done. And then he doesn't spend the 124 hours watching it. He calls a meeting of people to discuss the show he hasn't finished watching. Yeah. Also, he can have this whole air horn bit, which was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, just dragging out and aggressively terrible. At the very end is um, Lenny and Moe are getting into a bit of a heated argument. So Carl's like, okay, guys, you know where this is going. Just hand over your weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I like that joke. But then he's got both of Moe's pistols, which come out from his sleeves. Again, a good bit. Mm-hmm. And then he points guns at both of them. Is like, okay, now we're going to talk about what Carl wants to talk about. It's like, you're the one that recommended they talk about <laughs> Stranded. Yeah. Why are we... Na- what the fuck? They were talking about what you wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, it sticks out to me as well because recently we watched the saga of Carl on the Simpsons yeah. Index and Phil, in this episode, they go in the lottery together like him, Lenny, Homer and Mo. Right. And Carl, they put him in charge of going to collect the winnings but Carl skips the country and goes back to his native Iceland with all the money. And Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, we're actually getting a bit more of an insight into Sinister Carl. And, and- him being a jackass yeah so yes or no would you watch this episode again nope hell no Mm, i feel like if it was on maybe i'd give it a chance i don't know would you though i don't know because i think uh, i really don't know which side of participants i'm falling on i'm hopefully this chat is definitely bringing me down you're on the participants fence but (laughs) it's a very pointy fence that's not my fence um kind of already covered the change question really haven't we uh, yeah yeah just give us motivation 
yeah. of any kind for any character. We'll just spend some actual time with the storylines. They've just mm. kind of, everything just felt like filler. Like, you know, when yeah. sometimes they have an A story and B story and they throw to a B story for a scene just yeah. to go so that the A story can reset to somewhere else. Yeah. It felt like that was just happening for both stories. And it was mm. just like a scene, a scene, a scene, a scene, a scene. None of them like, you know, the writer's adage of each scene should progress the story and the character forward throughout the scene didn't happen in, in this show. Yeah. BT, any other notes? Just one. Sign writers once again in the background is Transformers of the Caribbean. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. There was another good movie poster as well. It was just horrible premise and it's this jack guy on a football field wearing a diaper. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just... <laughs> and we also give props to... Uh, I'm going to watch a movie where Janice Anderson is rolling her eyes on the poster. <laughs> I do like their little breakdown of... The only reason you wanted to date me was so you could buy my forest so you could tear this down and build the world's biggest... Something, something ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, horse, horse crematorium. Horse crematorium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's see, that was better than the whole episode. Yeah, that, yeah. That feels like a terrible, terrible rom com. Yeah, and even shorter, just sort of going, okay, we saw his butt, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think all that bit, uh, stuff worked for me. All the all the movie sequence stuff, and even yeah. the bullies talking about crawl, crawl space. space. Yeah. <laughs> and when they briefly open the doors to the theatre and you just hear, ow, my eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that, but yeah, that's good. Phil, any other notes? What's the other one that's not Curly or Jimbo? Dolph. There's Dolph, Jimbo Dolph. and Kearney. And I liked how Marge called him uh, Dorf and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> Where Dorf says about three times, oh, that's a great saying, you should write that down. I yeah. threw to that joke a few times which I thought was not worth doing the first time. And then the only other that I really have is when they have the discussion group and then Marge comes down with Maggie after Homer's been blowing the air horn. Yeah. He's like, I'm trying to get Maggie to sleep. And then Homer in Baby Talk explains to Maggie the premise of Lost. Yeah. <laughs> and then Marge goes, well, here's what happens to the end of your stupid show and spoils it for him. And because it was such a, I don't know, David Lynchian description of an ending of a show. It doesn't mm. actually feel spoilery. I don't know. Maybe it does speak to Lost a bit more. It's not like a an actual, you know, Darth well, Vader you know, is Lena's father. In the end of Lost, it turns out... Spoiler alerts for Lost. In the end of Lost, it turns out the island was essentially the cork on the top of a bottle of pure evil and was stopping the evil from leaking out into the world. And that's why they needed a permanent, hu- uh, essentially a human sacrifice. So Jack becomes that sacrifice and stays on the island. I'm not even making that up. I was going to say, is that true? Yep. Is that the legitimate <laughs> that's ending That's the legitimate of ending of lust. You're fucking... Wait. Also, there's definitely a scene where they are, even despite what the producers say, they're definitely in purgatory in, in one of the scenes. So the island is a cork on a bottle of evil. If, effectively, yes. That's Dear the metaphor they use. fucking Christ. That's what the smoke monster was. It was basically pure evil, and that's why it's something and things. I am so glad I didn't dedicate any time to this show. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I am also okay with that. And uh, for everyone who just, unfortunately, I just spoiled Lost for, did I really spoil it? It's okay. I'll drop another one of my charming spoiler alert songs in this episode. (laughs) Please please don't. I want to hurt people. (laughs) All right. Now time for my quick fire notes. Homer with the fortune cookie in the food court. That seemed a bit um, laboured. Incredibly. I'm going to lose weight by not eating the fortune cookie paper. And then it says, eat less, live longer. Dun, dun, dun. And they fully do that music sting. Yeah, laboured. I liked Homer's little fantasy uh, to him and Marge in the park. 
talking about all the people who have taken falls who lately. Have fallen over. <laughs> it was okay. It was yeah. good. I thought it was a weird fantasy for Homer to have mm. of the future with Marge. No, I just like they were having a casual conversation about, oh, you've got to watch them falls. They'll get you. Yep. <laughs> um, which is, you know, not that funny or people falling over. is terrible thing in our society that we need to stamp out. Gravity? <laughs> we keep trying. Just put them in those big Zorb balls. <laughs> Old people in Zorb balls. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, it works. Yep, yep. We, we need to rethink then, cities. This and then is you can just, just like leaf blower them around. <laughs> Hurt the old people. All right, bring the old people in. There we go. We're making society safer and we're creating jobs. There's no downsides. So when Bart and Sean are around their date and they come across squeaky voice teen who, mm. upon learning that Sean is dating Jimbo Jones, starts uh, Sorting tortillas. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Really He's mean. like, oh, two stuck together. Now we need to fill out a form. I feel like they know that they hit the peak for Squeaky Voice Teen with if I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And they just, try as they might, can't relive that old grandeur. Nope. Now, like, I guess I didn't mind the idea of a joke that, yeah, tortillas get stuck together and he has to fill out a form, but it was just done after this stupid nervous sorting routine. Yeah, it, that, was just, it was very labored again. So. Yeah. No, there was definitely a funnier setup for that punchline. The bullies were going off to a seminar about how to rob people of their lunch money in a cashless world. I kind of like that. Because, uh, again, it went on too long. Yeah. It sort of felt like they were explaining it too much. Mm, like, yeah. it was too mouthful of words. And then it was like, and if you didn't get that joke, we're just going to rob the guy running yeah. the seminar. Like, I like the concept of everything's Bitcoin now. we got to move with the times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was okay, yeah. And I think the end joke of the we're going to rob, rob the guy mm. was, just, the was just... It would make it more succinct dumb. and that would have been a good joke. But it just it goes for so mm, long. Definitely. Uh, there was a moment that I actually really liked where Bart was fantasizing what Jimbo would say if he were to find out about him and Shauna. Jimbo's like, I'll punch you from inside your brain. And then you see the little speech bubble come out and punch Bart's inside. I thought that actually looked really good. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, a nice little bit of wacky surrealism, but it, it does raise the question of: Did people outside that see his head just become a <laughs> fist for a little bit? Well, I mean, I think you get away with it because it's Bart's fantasy. But I, I liked that Homer's little flashback to when he was a baby, and uh, yeah. he blamed the drawing on the wall on his mum. Who did this, Mummy? What? I'm gonna um, fuck. I can't even remember. Withhold affection yeah. without withhold explaining. affection. That's what my note says. I just see mummy with affection. Yeah. It was just as bad as funny as that scene was. Again, it was just overly <laughs> laboured, especially because grandpa's line is, oh, the first word he ever said was a lie, but then in the uh, flashback, yeah. he believes him. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, all right, fine, fuck. Oh, anyway, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimbo and Shauna, and he goes, oh, I need to grope you goodbye. That was a... Yeah, and... Here's my point of that. Then he didn't grope her. Uh, he, he, went, he, gets, he gets there. He got to the butt. Yeah, it wasn't... I felt like it could have been more. If you came back specially oh, yeah, to go... Specifically to grope someone, then yeah, like, you oh, go for the target. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> to grope you goodbye. I'm not doing just like a light little pat. Yeah. You, know, you don't work up to it after announcing it. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, I forgot to grope your ass goodbye. No. no. You got a fistful of ham and you get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Never pass up an opportunity to grab the butt. <laughs> 
I actually liked Police Chief Wiggum having Ralph there and the kids are speeding by on the car and it's like, okay, Ralphie, this one's yours. Immediately drives yeah, into a tree. But he doesn't notice because he's eating a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, again, I like that because it was quick and it didn't draw too much attention to itself. And that's all my notes, guys. I think it is time to rank this thing. Okay. But, <laughs> but how will we do that? We'll do it on the Simpsons Index patented six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Unless the episode was just meh, then you give it a participant. But if it was good, bronze, great, silver, excellent, gold, and for the best, of the very best episodes, the ones that make you feel whole, the ones that fill your day up with brightness, and also the ones that the Simpsons itself could not exist without, you give those episodes cubic zirconia. And I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Yeah, I'm giving it a participant. I was hoping that the quickfire notes would reveal a bunch of jokes that I liked because I feel it does kind of have an aura of bronze, but uh, yeah, really, after just analyzing it, it's very abundantly clear that um, this is barely a participant, actually. BT, what do you think? Um, I was skirting participalia the whole time, and what's driven it to an answer for me is Phil's point that everything feels like filler. So yeah. nothing here is aggressively bad or makes me really angry, but it's just the fact that there's just so much nothing. And it's like it's like digging through a box of packing peanuts only to find more packing peanuts. And you oh. didn't order packing peanuts. So you just, <laughs> you're like, where's the, th- it just, yeah, it's it's nothing but fill. It's like, how do you, not fill, fill. <laughs> I uh, so yeah, for that, I'm, I'm hurling it in the pit of failure. Oh, wow. Okay. Because it's just, it's aggressively bland. It's not aggressively bad. It's aggressively bland. Yeah, fair enough. It uh, is a Phil? box full of packing peanuts. Yeah. I would agree. Um, Unpack these peanuts for us. <laughs> uh, well, I emptied it onto the floor and <laughs> I found no stickers at the bottom. So I'm I'm going to go participant on this one. I, yep. I wasn't angry enough to make it a failure. And for me, that's a bad episode where this was just a... It was the most vanillary of vanillas that you could ever vanilla. Hyper vanilla. It was like that vanilla that's slightly off yellow, not white. Ooh. Yeah. Like home brand vanilla. Home mm. brand vanilla. Absolutely. So there's just nothing to it. Mm. Yeah. So uh, participant. Iced vanilla. Oh. oh, yeah. Like a super watery one as well. Mm. All right. Well, this will be a dull participant all around. This will join other episodes like Waiting for Duffman, which we did last week. Yeah. The kids are all fight, have had a wild weekend. Whiskey business, which we did together. Oh. Double Double Boy in Trouble, which we did last time we were together. The Blunder Years, where we find out about Waylon Smithers Senior. Million Dollar Aby, the Springfield football grandpa becomes a yeah, matador, yeah. convoluted piece of shit. All right. Yeah, that, that feels right for this episode. Yeah. It might be a little harsh, but I think like there's a lot of those episodes that are just, there's so many bad bits, whereas this. This major crime is just... There was no light and shade. It was yeah. all just... Yeah. Like, a lot of the participants we've had, they at least have a story. It's not a good or interesting one, for the most part. Some of them are wandering around from room to room, picking up objects and putting them back down again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one's just... It could have been significantly improved by any effort whatsoever. No, absolutely. Even and- just some jokes. Like, it wasn't even <laughs> funny. Yeah, there were, there were places for jokes there. And it was just... Things. Ha. Huh, lost is stupid. Ha. Huh. And we did actually hit on that point a bunch that... There were just over-explained jokes that were so mm. wordy that just needed a rewrite. Get your act together, writers. Yeah, damn it. You're not doing it per word. Oh, no, they are getting paid per word. <laughs> That's a pretty damn sweet deal if they are. All right, that does it for the HD era tonight. Now we're going all the way back to the teens era where we're doing Homer the Mo, where Homer becomes the Mo. Gasp. A moustache? 
<laughs> yep. He's we'll had be... a lot of wacky jobs. Why couldn't he just be someone's mustache? I'm sure that's happened somewhere before. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Marge, if I work hard, I can work my way up to being Tom Selleck's mustache. <laughs> or work my way down to goatee. <laughs> or soul patch. That's like entry level. Ugh, gross. And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode for the evening, which was Season 13, Episode 2, Home of the Mo. It was first released in November of Ought 1, and it was written by Dana Gould, who I like quite a lot. Hmm. Very funny man, but he's also penned some awful Simpsons episodes. Indeed he has. <laughs> Not quite this one, but in this episode, uh, Mo's sort of starting to feel a bit dissatisfied with the job, so goes back to his old alma mater to find inspiration, puts Homer in charge of the bar, and then when Mo comes back, he reinvents the bar as a trendy new postmodern club called M. Guys, what did you think? I thought Dana was a woman. <laughs> the only other Dana I've ever known of is Dana Scully from X-Files and that's fair enough it was okay yeah it was fine yeah it was there were some good bits there were some funny bits mm. felt like again it was kind of promising more and then not delivering mm. yeah I feel like the third act on this one is really its biggest letdown everything else I'm quite a big fan of yeah it's I don't have any criticisms with the plotting or pacing of this episode. It's, it's very quick. Like, yeah. you cover a fair amount of ground very quickly. Yeah, but it also rolls out in a satisfying way, I thought. Mm. And But there's just a bit of emptiness about it. Something a bit soulless about this episode. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of... I think empty is the right word. It's yeah. kind of like... You don't really get a feeling for anything in there particularly. Mm. Also, it started out really weird. I was fully yeah. invested in the wise part digging a hole. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've gotten used to Simpsons doing these complete left turns <laughs> in the first act, but what was this even? <laughs> it was just a... And they've done this this kind of joke before with uh, Homer taking down terrorists in the nuclear plant, then you find out it's like that's just his story of how he starts off his day. Yeah. And, yeah, I like that that's how us starting. It's a wacky story that is just something Homer is telling the barflies, but... Yeah, Bart digging is more intriguing than than what happened, you know. Yeah. Which is what you think you'd be doing for a bar story. Yeah, and it's one that when I've revisited this episode several times, it's like, oh, that's right, the Bart digging story. Wait, what happens in this? Oh, wait, it's not even about that. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like, I don't know, it wasn't bad. Like, it was good. I was intrigued by it. And then it was just got to Mo going, uh, I'm kind of over your bar flies and your, yeah. your stupid stories. Hmm. Also, why is Barney drinking coffee? Oh, because about a year ago in the show's run, he got sober. And so for a good chunk of the teens Mm. era, Barney is actually sober. And it sort of came down because the writers actually sort of hate writing this character who's just a rampant alcoholic and it's sort of like a depressing (laughs) sort of thing to have a joke about. So yeah, just to change things up, they um, sobered him up. Which is actually one of my favourite episodes from season 12, Days of Wine and Dozes. I can't... Wait to do that one. But um, back to this one anyway. So what about when the fantasy does take us up into outer space and that Chinese satellite with the the awnings, much like Chinese architecture? I was confused. Were the Chinese generals in the satellite in space? Yeah. Okay. Ah. As well as Gigantor? Humongous. Humongous. 
I am the great humongous. Well, we all know there are currently Chinese satellites listening to every podcast, so uh, we hope they enjoy the show. <laughs> Ni hao. But yeah, anyway, see that China bit, it was at the point that it was starting to bother me is when they, you know, do the record scratch. Hold on, Homer, is this going anywhere? I do like how Homer said, then I became the king of the Morlocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Morlocks are in the future. Too. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but other than that, PT, what's a joke from this episode that stood out to you? Actually, I really like Mo's explanation very early on where he's like, ah, uh, oh, you know, I miss my old uh, cocktail school. And he just kind of walks next to the picture. He's like, wow, where'd you put that picture up? Oh, you know, about a week ago. It's good because it really helps illustrate my point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like that. And then there's the whole bit where um, Lenny's like, well, maybe you should, you know, what's the word? Uh, go back there. Mo's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe I... Yeah, like, right. What's the word I'm a... looking for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Because they did about three, four times. It actually flows pretty quickly. I like it. Yeah, it was a silly bit of back and forth, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, what's a joke that stood out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Uh, I like there was a couple of jokes that were all on theme once he went back to Swigmore U, yep. his alma mater. There's like the, the classic professor is asking a question to the entire hall of yep. students going, how much grenadine is in a Cosmopolitan? And everyone's like, ooh, I don't know. And I was like, none. You use... Cranberry juice. <laughs> it's funny like, because I've seen this episode so much. That's actually something I remember. <laughs> I don't remember the other ingredients for the Cosmo, but no, and vodka, you sh- and you, no. should, you should not. Um, <laughs> it's delicious. And, it's, and the professor goes, "Mo is like you old glass wipe." Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I was like, "Oh, that's a bit risque." But then, like moments later, when they're in the park talking, and um, he's like. Describe your bar in one word. What would it be? And he's like, is crap hole one word? He's like, it is your highlands. Yeah. He goes, yep, then crap hole. And he goes, well, maybe you should spruce it up. That's why you're feeling depressed. And Mo goes, ah, so what you're saying is nice hole, nice soul. Yeah. I was like, those two weird butt jokes in a very short span of time there. I really liked that though. Like that was just one that I'm like, yeah, I could get a bumper sticker of that. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of needs a bit of context. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, to just to pair that with also earlier on when they're deciding who's going to take over Mo's bar while he's gone, it's like we don't want to start a tinkle contest here, or do we? And then cut to home <laughs> zipping up. Woo-hoo! I really that thought he said windless. tickle contest. So I, was oh. I was like, well, yeah, because yeah. we don't really use tinkle to no. say go and we uh, having and, a slash and or... neither do grown men anyway use tinkle because <laughs> you would be we're not going to start a pissing competition yeah but obviously that's not pg yeah potentially but then butt jokes and nice whole nice soul is okay <laughs> yeah a joke that stood out to me uh i actually liked a lot of the material when homer was mo and yeah it's actually i think it was a shame that this wasn't more of the episode mm. i could have done without a lot of the third act in favor of more mo uh homer mo hijinks like and just tick off one of the more simple jokes is like when they're watching the fight on the tv and it's in black and white <laughs> wow when was the last time mo dusted this thing <laughs> wipes it and it's in color I yeah, just, yeah. It's and on so the, ridiculous uh, when they're dancing on the barb and the track skips and it plays a slow dance song yep. like oh well and they all slow dance <laughs> that's cute Oop. i then don't that's like the right. follow-up joke where homer does the Fonzie move of tapping it with his fist and is like, uh, what does he say? Hemorrhage a mundo. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, no, e. that's dumb. Not nah. too far. Again, that's they, they should stop one step before that. Yeah. Would have been fine. Yeah. And, oh man, I've seen the punching the 
jukebox and getting a bloody hand. I think it was actually Family Guy that did it. Quite possibly, yeah. And yeah, if this was 01, it might have been around the same time. So I don't think anyone was guilty of plagiarism. But yeah, it, it was too long and drawn out. Or everyone was guilty of plagiarism. Well, they had just <laughs> taken the piss out of Fonzie, so really. Yeah. <laughs> BT, what's a story moment that stood out to you for better or worse? Um, I agree. I would like to have seen some more Home of the Mo, especially seeing as that's the name of the episode. Yeah. Um, but I do like him turning it into a, like a modern bar, and especially it comes off the vi- advice of his old teacher, which is why he went there to begin with. It's been a, it's a nice, nice continuous plot thread, uh, and the stuff they do when it turns into M, it's like where are the barstools? Ah, they're on the ceiling. You yeah. Know? Crazy, and it? it's like, and I, I still use the reference of it's Pomo. Yeah. Postmodern. <laughs> Weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I still quite like... It's just, it's just... Honestly, for me, it's only really the third act, I think, really drags when it, Homer opens up his own bar and has to go hunting. It's all just a bit yeah. slapdash and then R.E.M. are there. There, yeah. there was, must have been a better way to finish this one. No, R.E.M. was an interesting choice for this episode, I thought. Uh, skipping ahead to the guest stars, may as well. But yeah, Peter Buck, uh, Michael Stipe and Mike Mills of oh, R.E.M. <laughs> Another Eat Your Peas reference. We're doing a very lot of those. weird reference, but there you are. Uh, yeah, so I'm a big fan of R.E.M. How about you guys? Yeah. 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 No, no, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. I know. This. Listen I know to the, it best I know of. The hits, yeah. I know their song. Yeah, <laughs> their song. Uh, yeah, I'm a massive fan. And yeah, any other budding bass players out there uh, definitely pay a lot of attention to Mike Mills. Um, he can really craft a melodic bass line. It's, uh, it's quite exquisite, actually. Mm-hmm. I love how much bass players love other bass players. Like, nobody <laughs> else pays any attention to them. Yeah, that's why they do. Because it's like an underground thing, you know? Underground, <laughs> big above ground. King of the Warlocks. Only certain <laughs> ones, you know. There's your Fleas and your Mike Mills of the world that sort of... Anyway, I could go on about bass players. This is not the basis index. <laughs> and you could very get me, very easily get me on. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of curious how that's going to go. Oh, I, I could go on for days. But um, in lieu of that, yeah, I thought they did a fine job in this episode and they had some good one-liners and everything. But yeah, their presence sort of felt mostly unnecessary. Yeah, it was just crammed in there. Yeah. Yeah, they literally just obviously had opportunity to have REM. Mm. And yes. Why they got them. Yeah, definitely. But it's interesting that you brought up the hunting club as a story point because this is actually something Dana Gould pulled from real life. All Apparently right. this is something his dad did to get around uh, some liquor drinking laws or do liquor on the cheap or something. Okay. Good um, to know. Sorry, I'm not quite remembering at the moment. My brain's not there, but um he was on an episode of Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Recently, with Ali Gertz and Julia Prescott, he was talking about this episode and some of his other stuff. So, yeah, absolutely go check that out because there's a lot of fun trivia you can learn from this episode. Wait, is there everything coming up, Simpsons, and everything's coming up podcast? Oh, they changed the name when they moved over to Feral Audio. Right. Yep. What are you going to change your name over to when you move to Feral Audio? <laughs> the Podcast Index. Ah. <laughs> The Simpsons Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> the Index podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, Phil, what's a story moment from this episode that stood out to you? I kind of feel like I would have liked to see more Home of the Mo. Like, I thought that was really going to be mm. a big plot point rather than... Because I feel like Mo coming in and changing the bar to be something newer and better. I feel like I've kind of seen that We've a couple done of that. times. Yeah, yeah, Mo's family feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where you like... Or even when it was flaming Mo's, like... Mm. It always ends up being the same thing. Mo does a new thing because he's not happy. Then he realizes that his happiness isn't in this new system either. And he feels that he's betrayed his friends. 
and he walks away and everything goes back to normal. Like I kind of felt that like very familiar type of feeling and I kind of wished either they stayed with Homer being the bartender at Moe's and then maybe drawn that out because that could have been mm. a lot more fun. Or mm. when he Homer did make the hunting club, that became a bigger thing. Yeah, because it is unfortunate. And yeah, that's the moment from the story that stands out to me is how quickly they do get out, out of Homer the Moe when there was still some potential for good material there. Yeah, and we have, we even have some quick fire good jokes like, help me nail up this urinal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I like that idea of Homer trying to keep the dream alive of being a bartender. Maybe if they just hit on it a bit more that, you know, he was enjoying this work. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe Mo doesn't find what he's looking for at the uh, old school. So he he goes on a little road trip of various bars throughout the world. Or maybe he yeah. gets the, the, you know, you still get the uh, nice whole, nice soul bit. And yeah. he's like, well, what do I want to change to? I'm going to tour the other bars of Springfield for a little montage with Mo when yeah. we get and then let Homer be the Mo a little bit longer and Mo 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 Mo, 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 Mo. Mo. Um, so play count how many times before tonight have you seen this episode uh, two or three none <laughs> I've seen this a whole bunch I actually love season 13 a whole bunch and yeah I've seen this a bunch of times maybe 20 20 bunch well, yeah a 20 bunch that's a big bunch that's a big bunch <laughs> Can't even get bananas in that big a bunch. No, very sad. Um, is there anything from this episode that sort of stuck with you over the years? Quotes, lines, etc. Just Pomo. Pomo, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, the line, since the accident in Chernobyl, my penis is falling off. <laughs> and penis is Russian for... I don't know if you could get away with that joke these days, but I quite liked it. Um, but it is a shame that Homer later says, yeah, Mo's a she-male or something later, and it's, yeah. it's very weak. It is weird that they throw those two in there, but they had to go for tinkle competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, were all, they were all delicate around that, but when it's, you know, nice We're, hole and <laughs> yeah, when it comes to, glass uh, wipes. And <laughs> penises and stuff. Yeah, fine. Yeah. So did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yes. Yeah, it was kind of there. I think... Ones where they focus mainly on a non-family character mm. always feels a little bit slightly off-centre. Yeah. And they, even though Homer was in this in a fair way, it was mostly a Mo episode. Mm. And mostly Mo being not Mo because he's not happy doing his own thing. Like the Flaming Mo's one, that was kind of, that felt more Mo to me. Mm. Um, but this one was kind of, because he went to college and then you find out all this backstory about him that you never knew before. Yeah. And then the professor... Says he's got cancer <laughs> and then just walks off into a lake. <laughs> Is Two there anything I can do for you? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> not unless you have a cure for cancer. Do, do you <laughs> have a cure for cancer? Because that would be great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I laughed harder at that than I felt I should have. Yeah. Because <laughs> just his optimism. and this, That would be just fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, Mo sort of felt the most Mo. Oh my God. Uh, in this episode. Uh, and it was good because he wasn't making like creepy stalker, mm. rapey yeah, yeah. jokes. Yeah, and that's true. Just being kind of pathetic jokes without overdoing it either. Yeah, but, you know, also working to improve himself, but mm. doing your classic, oh, home was where the heart was all along and such. I don't know. Home <laughs> was where the hole was. <laughs> that hole it sure was. where was. the home is. <laughs> no, wait. But uh, Homer was on point in this episode as well. Didn't feel too jerk And yeah, the Simpson, the rest of the family were just sort of there at... Mm -hmm. Cutting lemons, mostly. Yeah, I did enjoy that bit. <laughs> You're not even using them. She's so sleepy, she doesn't know what she's saying. <laughs> oh. How about the wackiness of this episode? Father, give me legs. 
I keep forgetting this is from this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's very unexpected. <laughs> I mean, I do like the bit as someone who has started many projects and not finished. It's like, well, you know when I'm passionate about something, I see it through to the end. And then yeah. A robot that seems to be sentient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but has no legs. <laughs> and <laughs> a tennis racket and a mop for, br- for arms. Man, just watching it swim away was like yeah. so yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. But in the funniest way Especially when he, like, it looks... And Homer just like shakes his head. He just kind of like <laughs> carries on down the street. Yeah. I really want to know what his eyes were made of. They just seemed to be rings, but obviously he could look out of them. <laughs> Who knows yeah. what any of that was made I of? I know. That was, that was, I got it, as weird as it was, I do quite like that bit. No, me too. I also like Homer almost fainting. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, swaying that... and then, oh, I just didn't fall down. Nice little reoccurring bit. Actually, I forgot to mention the part of the story that stood out to me was the tip jar. I thought that was a very nice thing to keep returning to. Mm. Yeah. Where, yeah, you established it very early on in the episode. You saw it still being unused yes, at the new the, end. This uh, is the story writing trick of three where you uh, establish, remind, and pay off. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I like the, the bit where the ghost comes back and is like, oh, but the tips are good. Like, are they? <laughs> yeah. Kind of proving that, yeah, you've improved your bar and everything's nice, but you still haven't solved the problem, I suppose. Absolutely. And then, yeah, when Homer drops the tenor in at the end, nice bit of sweetness to hang the episode on. Definitely. But yeah, back to the wackiness as well. I love Mo's little cougar call whistle. Guys, <laughs> to scare away the turkey. Yeah, if that wasn't wacky enough, Homer then going, oh, a cougar. <laughs> and then shoots him. Oh, my arm. Oh, I shot him in the arm. And the leg. Oh, I shot that cougar right in the leg. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> cougars can't talk. Okay. <laughs> I only just got that joke now. <laughs> Explaining the Simpsons. Um, I like Mo tearing off his suit so it's the apron underneath. Yep. yep. That's all. I, they do that a few times, but it's always a joke I kind of like. A uh, classic comedy move to yeah rip off the clothes to reveal others underneath. One of my favorite examples of that is the Tenacious D episode where they're having the karate fight yeah, yeah. and Jack Black sticks Kyle to a telephone pole. Magic spinning loose change. <laughs> That's right. And his shirt's sort of stuck in this pole and then he just rips the shirt off and he's wearing the exact same shirt underneath. <laughs> <laughs> he expected to be karate fighting today. Yeah. Uh, it was an excellent bit in a different show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other wacky moments. Uh, Lenny throwing Krusty Burger into the ceiling fan. And that's why you don't bring in outside food. Mm, now we all know. <laughs> Not uh, that Mo serves food, but there you are. Other wacky bit that's leaning to an unintentional theme is when Mo leaves and the bar just inexplicably explodes. Yep. <laughs> and Homer's like, I thought you were going. I do like that as a follow-up line. It's like, I thought you had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind what just happened. Yeah. I did like it sort of Mo like, I have to go, but Jesus Christ, who am I leaving this? I do like it's like... Homer turns on the beer tap. He's yeah. like, yes, <laughs> yes. And Mo's like, what are you doing? You have to pay for that. He's like, Mo, if we're not wrong, people pay you for beer. He's <laughs> just, it, it, uh, Yeah, he has that moment of, you won the tinkle contest, but what am I doing here? <laughs> well, fair is fair, you know. If we don't respect yeah. the results of a tinkle contest. Uh, we're just savages. Yeah. <laughs> other wacky moments. Um, the other one I'll say is uh, right at the end, where after they do the whole Mo gets shot in the leg, mm-hmm. they just do a static shot of yeah. Mo's bards back to normal. And the Simpson kids are asking him, so how did you get this fixed so quickly? He's like, contract employees, but it's all held over the static shot of the exterior yeah. of Mo's bar. It's very ADR, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, very weird. you can tell that they were missing a scene and they just, this this is a fill gap. Uh, I did like for other wackiness where they, Mo goes to throw Homer out of, the, out of his new bar and he goes, I'll throw myself out. And <laughs> throws himself out the door, lands in the garbage, goes, I believe I had a hat. They throw him a hat and he's like, suckers. (laughs) That's such a good bit. Uh, It's 
I think there's another playlist that I want to make up is Simpsons references to I Had a Hat. Yeah. I believe I had a hat. Yeah, because I think every time, like, there's at least, what was the last one? I believe I had a car that we saw last time. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's also uh, gets thrown out when he's got his computer. It's like, I believe I had a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. So how about the heart moments of this episode? Did you guys feel bumps? Yeah, a little bit for Mo and uh, wanting to rekindle his love for what he does and a little yep. bit at the end with Homer and, you know, the, the loyalty of his bar flies. Not a lot. I'd call it a thump, but not a bump. Yeah, because it wasn't even the whole bar flies at the end of that Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. which would yeah. have been nice, you know. Yeah. Would, you, would have made a lot of sense, yeah. Where yeah, was yeah. Letty and Carl and Barney? They got kicked out because there wasn't enough room for them and R.E.M. <laughs> and the Simpsons. That sucks. <laughs> but you could have Maggie in there. Yep. She can be in a bar, no worries. <laughs> I do like at the end as well, Lisa got them a tofu turkey. <laughs> Made out of tofu and gluten. And it's funny because no one would eat that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't eat that at all. <laughs> <laughs> because as we know now, gluten makes your dick fly off. <laughs> Stop referencing other shows. We've done it so many times already. <laughs> yeah, this is just yeah me talking about other the shows I like. <laughs> this is just the show show. Mmm, mm, taste those curds. Yeah, somebody mm. else will do an index podcast on this podcast, just referencing all the other things that you reference. <laughs> yes. At this point, Elliot talks about this show, which is an old episode of Archer. And I gave him a gold for that. You know, it was a solid I mean, reference. If they eat your peas, reference doesn't get a gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Martin Malloy. I think I've got to go back and listen to that album and mm-hmm. see if it's still good. You can actually download all of um, Get This, which was Tony Martin on Triple M, like in the early 2000s. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And there's like 100, well, maybe 200 episodes. For the longest time, I didn't hear. And then I was listening to it a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, what to say? Get your nogs out or something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I've not heard that for a hundred years. Yep. Was nogs. it them that had Trevor Island? Yes, no, <laughs> that was uh, Andrew Denton. Ah, uh, okay. It was, it was that golden era of radio. <laughs> yeah, it was when all the radio was good and smart, but now yeah, it's yeah. retarded. And Welcome to Trevor Island, where everyone is Trevor. Every week, a Trevor will be voted off. <laughs> this week, Trevor and Trevor have formed an alliance against Trevor, but little do they know, Trevor is also planning with Trevor against Trevor. <laughs> awesome. Was that when one of the challenges was to construct a Ikea furniture set with an Allen key made of ice? Oh, shit, is that where that comes from? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Oh, that's excellent. So, yeah, not too much hard. I guess there was a little bit between Mo and his teacher as well. Mm-hmm. That, those were quite nice moments, despite the fact that it ended in a Su- Sylvia Plath suicide. Yeah, but even so, it was like there was a, a respect there. We don't actually yeah. often see respect for Mo or Mo giving respect to anyone. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I got to say, sort of mixed as I am on this episode, this is, I think, my favorite that Mo has ever been. Mm. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yeah, I reckon so. I I feel like I'm not going to get much more out of it, but there are some scenes I'd want to stick around for. Yeah, I think so. I think anything where Homer gets a free hat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, more importantly, shows you how to get a free hat. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Got to try that. (laughs) I think I would watch it again in the context of a playlist, and speaking of which, what playlist would you put it in? Yep, Homer getting a hat. Homer the blank. Homer the blank. Oh, yep, of course. So Homer the Smithers, Homer the Moe. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he's been someone else. Yeah, I'll put that one together. Definitely. But I, want, I don't want to. Don't, I don't want to go with the easy Homer jobs because that's that's just come on. Well, it doesn't even really feel what that that this is episode is about. It yeah. does Mo episodes definitely it could. Yeah, you make a big Mo compilation. Uh, but, like bar renovation. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. um, garage renovations when uh, True. Lisa runs the red dress press out of the garage. Yeah. Uh, you, they put the angel in the garage. Definitely. Can see the angel. 
yeah, that's all I've got for playlists. Oh, and musical guest stars. Oh, yeah. Bands playing themselves. I forgot they were there for a minute. <laughs> As did probably everyone else. Yeah, which is a shame because it does feel out of place in this particular mm. episode. It's not a very REM-style story. No. But uh, having said that, I did love Homer's lyrics that he put in place. Which were? Leonard What's-His-Name, Herman Munster Motorcade, <laughs> Birthday Party Cheetos, Pogo Sticks and Lemonade. You symbiotic, stupid jerk, stir-fried Flanders. I'm talking about you. <laughs> All right. I mean, to be fair... They could be the actual lyrics, and you yeah. never really know. <laughs> yeah, no one's learnt the lyrics no. to it's end of the world. No, Bernstein. Right, right. It's the end of the world. We pretty well covered it, but BT, what would you change about this episode? Yeah, covered. Just that third act. Give me a different focus, either on the Mo, on the Homer, or the Homer the Mo. Yeah, I'm not too worried which, but. It just feels to, it staggers to the finish line instead of gloriously running there with its arms spread wide. Yeah, because uh, uh, Homer's bar, home bar sort of is okay. and then it's, it's, an, it's good enough, but I want good. Yeah, and the hunting scene sort of lulled a bit as mm. well. There was no reason for it either. They could have had Mo finding Homer's bar, being on the other side of the bar, in like an alternate reality where Homer runs the bar now. Yep. Kind of yeah, find, sure. finding the fun out, they're having. Even. Yeah, finding out the other side of it or rekindling his love of bartending from mm. that point of view and then going, you know what? This is something, something. The whole turkey hunting was fucking yeah. weird. I will, although I will say, I do like he gets a turkey in the crosshair. He's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 turkey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't uh, not lead to good material. There was also the banter between Mo and Lisa, which I loved. All right, Lisa, I don't like you and you don't like me. You don't like me, I like you. Ah, well, I like you too. <laughs> oh, it's a, a very cute play on the old uh, yeah. standard. Uh, so, Phil, yeah, what would you change about this episode? Well, I think that uh, turkey hunting... Sexual, well, and even really the ending Christmas dinner at Moe's with everyone having learnt a thing. Yeah, it's just all of a sudden Christmas all, or Thanksgiving yeah, or whatever. It was it all was. just drippy and bullshitty, and yeah, it just seemed like drippy as curds, mm, drippy curds. as curds and gluten. <laughs> Get them while they're drippy. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, like the third act was pretty weak, but especially that last part was not great. Yeah, I'm just going to be echoing your sentiments. There's definitely, like, I think the hunting storyline was also false stakes as well, which we sort of saw in the last episode where they were trying to build it up to make it mean more than it actually felt like it was. It mm. was just because it was introduced really suddenly, it didn't really have the impact. Yeah. Uh, BT, any other notes? Homer getting a prank call was pretty good. Oh, yeah, with uh, with Bart. Yeah, it's a nice uh, reminder of that old bit. Yeah, and uh, the fact that he just, he just gets it completely wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> what do I do now? He was too dumb to just say it. it out loud. Just say, <laughs> I like to eat boogers. <laughs> and uh, so, like, It's a ring task game. It was like when one of uh, REMs are trying to um, pee and Lenny's just there. So, so gotta pee, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't go with Lenny watching. <laughs> And I believe that is all my notes. All right. Uh, Phil, any other notes? I've Actually, no, I do have two. Um, yep. The regulars at the new Moe's bar getting high in the oxygen bar. And then yeah. Lenny's like, I've got to stop. I'm getting the bends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so good. I thought um, that was all right. No, I think it was just a, it was like a trend. Yeah. Mm. I remember when Bondi had oxygen bars. That, oh, really? That died out quickly. I think shisha bars are actually starting to pick up a bit of momentum and become more of a thing. Yeah, I've seen there's a few in Parramatta and stuff that you can get to. And they're I'm all that. Those are cool. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's like if you're a little bit, if you're a little bit drunk and it's eleven o'clock and you go, should I go have more beers? Or should I have a really strong Turkish coffee and a Hubbly Bubbly? <laughs> it's not a bad way to end the night because you mm. end up a little bit more sober and you've had delicious shisha and a super strong coffee. Absolutely. And yeah, I love shisha. It's so delicious. And, you know, being a former smoker and everything, it sort of um, gives me that feel. Yeah, and you're super good at smoke rings. So. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say I'm super good. Have you seen the guys doing vape tricks these days? It's yeah, uh, that's all CGI. Never, never become <laughs> one of those guys. No. <laughs> Nobody appreciates that skill apart from other dudes who spend all day in vape shops. Yeah, you should only be as good as shooting a ring through another ring. Yeah, Even that- that's telling you you practice too much. <laughs> I'd like to do that and I don't have the patience to do that. I'm like, I do one ring, that's me. Uh, and then the other gag I have was when they're in the new bar M and yep. um, they start complaining about something and so Christian, whatever the guy who designed the bar was. Oh, for Michael. For Michael, walked in and just turned off a light bulb above <laughs> yeah. them and just plunged just those four guys into complete darkness yeah. and then put a velvet rope around them. Yeah. And they're like, okay, act cool. You see their eyes acting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, another good um, yeah, eyes yeah. in the dark joke. There's yeah, a playlist. Yeah. <laughs> I like that this resonated with me as well because I often find when I go to nice restaurants that I get put in the dark corner. Outrage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, that's because my only two-piece suit is made out of garbage bags. <laughs> um, I told yeah, you, yeah. use a three-piece suit made out of burlap. <laughs> Much fancier. Yeah, tell them it's a hipster trend. <laughs> no, that no. you're an internet millionaire. They will know you're a hipster trend. <laughs> As is my lack of shoes. <laughs> uh, so that was all your notes, Phil? That's all I got. All right, just name a second. Uh, while Elliot is taking a while to compose his notes, we do have a new question on the Simpsons Index. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Phil, if you were going to get a sandwich named after you, what would you like that sandwich to be? I would like to take your classical Reuben, which is arguably the best sandwich ever. Yep. And uh, tweak it slightly so that there's, instead of beef, mm-hmm. ham. Yep. Uh, and instead of pickles, more pickles. <laughs> <laughs> and this is be- fucking insane, man. <laughs> no, I know he was going to say something with the Reuben, don't worry. <laughs> Because this question first came up two episodes ago with Pods in the Key of Springfield and James, the guy we did it with, he said, yeah, a Reuben. I just have a Reuben. It's the king of sandwiches. Yeah. If you're going to get something named after you, get the best thing named after you. No one's going like, I don't know, toast soldiers with a boiled egg. Yeah. Well, because the other guy, Nick, you know, he went into full detail, like really thought, oh, ham salad. Yeah, maybe like pickled jalapenos and... Maybe some feta, yeah. And he's just like... He lost me on feta. Yeah, that's, he's done the wrong thing. That'd be interesting. But then James just goes, oh, I'll just go with Reuben. <laughs> and I specifically says, oh, it's a Reuben with chips on the side. No, chips on the Reuben. And then yeah. when you asked me, I went, I don't know, I'll probably just put chips on a Reuben. <laughs> I hadn't even heard that episode yet. <laughs> and um, yeah, the popularity of the Reuben is just something I'm discovering in the index as well because Bill Oakley, one of the writers and showrunners for The Simpsons uh, a week ago on Twitter goes... My DMs are open, no work questions. And so I'm just like, uh, what could I ask him that has nothing to do with The Simpsons? I know. Best <laughs> What's the best sandwich? And he goes, ooh, I could talk about this for hours, but uh, Reuben. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. If you get it done right, it's three layers of sandwich mm-hmm. that just consists of ham, ham, or sometimes corned beef, but ham is better. Yeah. Cheese, pickle, yep. sauerkraut, then that again, then a pickle on top, then mustard and then mayonnaise. <laughs> it's the fu- and then it's toasted. It's the fucking best sandwich in the world. Mm-hmm. And anyone who goes, I don't know, what about a toasty? You punch him in the face. <laughs> Why did I write down singing thinking dog? Was that a musical moment? 
Singing Thinking Dog. Were we thinking about dogs while singing? Or was the dog thinking while singing? The only dog thing I can think of was when, at the beginning, Mo's like, oh, I'm sick of your shaggy dog stories. And Barney goes, sorry, shaggy. And the dog, and the dog goes, <laughs> and runs outside. And then Barney goes, thanks, Mo. That's what I have to go ha- home to now. <laughs> Which was pretty good. I enjoyed that out of context, pet. Um, oh, that's right. Um, yeah, the other musical moment was Homer's little improvised song. Ah, he's that's right. Walking down the street and singing what he's thinking. Hey, there's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Uh, the other bit I like now that I'm just thinking of it is um, when Mo changes the channel from you know uh, postmodern images yeah. on I to the football game. And they're like, hey, we were watching that. <laughs> I do like that. Unless you're being ironic, yeah. turn it back. All right, time for some quick fire notes. Conceptual. <laughs> <laughs> Homer's whole when he starts digging the hole and he starts getting chest pains and the defibrillator what do you guys think of that yeah it's been done yeah also oh, that's not how a defibrillator works easy gag uh, it's more how it works it is more how it works to be fair yeah yeah Easy, yeah. easy gag, though, and pointless. Yeah, it just felt very lazy. This thing's paying for itself. It is weird that Homer is making himself look like an idiot in his own story. Mm. In context, yeah. when he reveals... Uh, that this is actually just the story he's telling to the bar flies. Why does he make himself look like an idiot? No, idiot. He's having a heart attack. He's a hero for saving his own life. I guess. Dad just complains about how Whitey's keeping him down. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> also, that's in the... Now that I think about it, that's also in Homer's retelling of a story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that part said that... Well, maybe Whitey is keeping him down. Yeah. <laughs> you guys laughed at a mention of Sweet Valley High. I'm not aware of this. What? Uh, I think... Back in back in the mid to early nineties, when uh, reading books at school was the cool thing to do, there was like there was a bunch of like Encyclopedia Browns and Hardy Boys for guys, sort of Scholastic Club sort yeah, of thing, yeah, that type of thing. And there was the Babysitter Club. Yeah, I, and think, I think I think there was a Sweet Valley High, which was like a girls' cereal. Yeah, and it became a TV show for a little bit. Yeah, I have the theme song in my head now. <laughs> don't um, please don't share it. I will not. Yeah, this made me laugh when Bro said. I don't understand what's going on and I've read all the Sleep Valley High novels. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah, but you can imagine, uh, yeah, Babysitter's Club, but they've gotten a little, uh, the readers have gotten a little too old and want something a little edgier. Oh, okay. Then that's when they go into Sweet Valley High. There you go. Uh, they mentioned something about um, getting a shot with an ice pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like, I haven't smiled legitimately since that time I killed that rat with that ice pick. Yeah. And I was like, that was a great shot. <laughs> I liked it because he said, yeah, that was a great throw because yeah. you're picturing that he stabbed it up close and then... Nope. <laughs> yeah. Ranged could. with an ice pick. <laughs> really enjoyed that. Um, the university had the like big Ben-style clock, um, no drinking before five and everything's five. Every yeah. time is five. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I do like as they're walking through the, the campus grounds, there's like one person learning how to do flair and one person like juggling ball. Like there's all... Kind of things that you would see people in a high school, in a college movie doing as yeah. you walk through, but it was all, all, bar, all bar related. Yeah. It's actually funny in Camperdown Park in Newtown, um, when I used to live there, I used to go walking through there all the time. Because there's so many neighbouring bars, that's where they all go to practice their flair on the oh. grass um, so they can drop the bottles and everything. So yeah, you go um, to Camperdown Park in the middle of the day, you'll see like five groups of bartenders and it's actually quite cool. And you're like, make me a margarita. <laughs> like, these so bottles these are practice the bottles. Yeah. Make it. Yeah, make it good. 
No, me, I'm like, oh, those guys are doing flair. Oh my God, there's dogs everywhere. <laughs> I am with my people. That one has a puffy tail. <laughs> Actually, I heard something on Triple J the other day and they do, you know, they have like little interstitials where they interview someone from somewhere for 12 seconds. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and they're interviewing, I don't know, Jacinta from Erskineville. And he's like, what do you like about this place? She goes, there's a lot of bars and there's so many dogs to pat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was my New Year's resolution for last year was to pat more dogs. And I did. And I'm not going to lie, it was pretty damn good. <laughs> that was a good year. <laughs> <laughs> so when Mo comes back from the college and he's building the place up, Homer comes in all shocked and stuff and starts wailing on Mo with a two by four. Because, uh, yeah, a basketball gets thrown through a window. And then yeah. saving, he's like, oh, no, teens are wrecking up at Mo's bar. Mo's going to kill me. And then he runs in and just starts wailing on the first thing he sees. Which is Mo, quite obviously. He wails on him for a while. Yeah. And then when Mo explains and then Homer's like, oh, oh, oh. I thought I was going to faint. Then I didn't. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I really enjoyed Homer's rolling um, of those lines. The rabbits in M were very creepy. Um, <laughs> can we get a replacement on seven? Ooh. All this talk is taking away my horny. <laughs> yeah, that was... The Russian ladies were very weird. Hmm. They were, and you know, I I don't mean to make fu- uh, fun of the accent or anything. It's just that line tickled me particularly. That's not even accent. That's just syntax. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, there's a mention of Kurosawa and Her- Werner Herzog. I know who those people are now. Yay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you learning things. I don't know if anyone's ever compared those two guys' movies though. They're very, very different. Very different. <laughs> no, Michael, that's not the REM way. Okay, mm. let's recycle these shards. <laughs> That's all right. They were, they were pretty on point. Yep, and my final note is Mo's bird call routine. Because I remember this being a bumper for Channel 10's commercials, yeah. yeah, where he makes the bird call and the bird starts pecking his face. and Ah, not the face, not the face. Starts pecking the crotch. Oh, okay, go back to the face. <laughs> ah, that's, that's actually kind of relaxing after after the crotch. <laughs> I, quite, I quite enjoyed that. Um, I'm out of notes. You guys out of notes? I'm all right. out of notes. I'm all done. Let's rank it, Beach. Ooh. Um, I'm on a Brilva. I'm just trying to figure out where I land on this because I, I think it's quite strong except for just the ending. Is that enough to pull it down? Mm, I am going to silver. Yeah? I think. You think? Let me see. Bronze, silver, bronze, silver. Bronze, silver. Mm. I'm going to sit on silver for a little bit. Let me see how I feel because I'm not 100% sold on myself. Fair enough. This is kind of an easy bronze for me. I went into it tonight thinking it had come out silver, but honestly, in comparison to a lot of episodes we've watched and also some season 13 episodes we watched, this one just sort of lags a little bit, but it's still ultimately good. I just don't think it's silver good. We didn't really laugh out loud that much throughout the episode. Maybe it's because we have seen it a few times before. Who knows? But mm. yeah, I'm sitting on bronze, Phil. I'm going hard bronze on this one. It was not bad. It was reasonably good. It had good heart to it. But yeah, like you said, it wasn't super entertaining. Yeah. <sighs> I'm in conflict with the brains and guts again. Go, go with the gut. What does your brain care? Yeah, it's true. It's just it's making good arguments, though. <laughs> All right, let me see how the word bronze feels. No, neither one feels 100% to me. Shit. Give it, give it gold then. Oh, I can't do that. That's absurd. <laughs> oh, that's absurd. That's absurd. Fail it. I can't. That's also absurd. Well, I'm a man of extremes. Do one of the two. Okay. <laughs> let me try one last time. Bronze. Silver. 
Yeah. You want to say you want to say bronze? I do. I must admit it to everyone. Bronze. Yeah, you're you're downgrading. Surprisingly, I'm All in right. conflict still, but I'm like sixty percent bronze, forty percent silver. All right. Well, I have turned that S into a B, so. That will be a unanimous bronze all around. It will be joining other such episodes as Season 13's The Frying Game, which we reviewed just last episode with the Screamer Pillar and the reality show Stitch Up. This will also be joining The Falcon and the Doe Man with Kiefer Sutherland, Chief of Hearts, where Homer and Chief Wigan become best friends, Smoke on the Daughter, which we did together a few weeks ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Feels about on par with Smoke on the Daughter for me. How I Spent My Strummer Vacation, Lastest Gun in the West, Take My Wife's Lees, The Hell's Angels, uh, Hell's Satans rather. Yeah, I think this actually fits in quite well down there in, mm-hmm. the, in the bronzes. Yeah, it belongs. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that does it for Homer the Mo. Now we're going all the way back to the very, very earliest of the classic eras. We're doing season one's Life on the Fast Lane. Wow. Yeah. Which one is this? Um, or should I just wait and find out? I think it's something about bowling. <laughs> we'll be back. Yeah, you know, sometimes when I say we'll be back, I can hear the music in my head. <laughs> You've conditioned yourself. back and we just watched our classic and final episode for the evening this was season one episode nine life on the fast lane it was first released in march of 1990 and it was written by john sportswelder good old schmaltzy in this episode after buying marge a birthday gift that was a bowling ball clearly for himself Marge starts going bowling out of spite and starts taking lessons from the very sexy, very sensual Jacques. <laughs> so, yeah, the episode explores Marge straying away from Homer. And, yeah, guys, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah. yeah it's a great episode. Yeah, very much in the heart zone, this one. It yeah. actually sort of felt devoid of jokes a lot. Yeah, not, not as joke heavy, but in terms of plot and character. And seeing as what episode was this from season one? Number nine. Number nine. So there's a lot of world building going on in this one. Yeah. This is from, as far as I know, the first appearance of the singing sirloin. Yeah. Uh, first appearance of Helen Lovejoy, probably. Probably. Uh, the Bolorama. Yeah, which is a curiosity in The Simpsons that it's called Barney's Bolorama, but it's clearly not owned by Barney. There's more than one Barney in town. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Maybe. But um, well, maybe there's a really interesting story where Barney was originally the owner of that bowl and ah, then he, his fe- alcoholism. he fell from grace and he had to sell it to his brother Stani. Well, <laughs> that's how people name their children <laughs> Shut up. correct me if I'm wrong Okay, there are two lines there's one where uh, Barney works there and literally says I couldn't give a lane to my own mother and then his mother's oh, like yeah. I have no son and another one where Homer goes to apply to a job there Barney's like of course I can get you a job can I, my friend Homer have a job sure Barney you're fired yeah. <laughs> so he does work there maybe it was a family owned thing and it's like his uncle Barney or something yeah well it's something that always bugged me and I sort of I remember bringing this up with my brothers at one point and they go you fucking idiot did you forget what business uh, parents own and yeah my parents uh, own clint's crazy bargains and that was named after the co-owner's kid so mm. yeah clint never worked at a clint's crazy bargains <laughs> yeah but it was his and you need the alliteration for that you can't have 
Alan's crazy bargains. Yeah. <laughs> or Steve's Bolarama. Yeah. No. But they soon found out with Clint, you can't spell it in capital letters on a business front. Because <laughs> <laughs> it becomes not Clint. <laughs> no. Um, and yeah, just jumping ahead to the guest stars, why not? Because he features so prominently in this episode. Albert Brooks as Jark. <laughs> and yeah, you might know him, Simpsons fans, as being Hank Scorpio. Mm. And he is such an absolute talent. Uh, in this, he's everything he says is genius. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that there was a fair bit of improv with him and Julie Kavner. Not a lot of it made it in the episode, of course, but there is a special feature on the season one DVD, which is like five minutes of Julie Kavner and Albert Brooks just sort of back and forth and sort of laughing their way. I kind of want to see that because, like I said, I love all of Jack's lines, which means like, now throw, throw, damn you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is not quite breakfast. This is not quite lunch, but it comes with a slice of cantaloupe. (laughs) You don't get what we would at breakfast, but you get a damn good good meal. meal. (laughs) Uh, He was a bright spot in this episode. That was kind of a downer, let's be honest. Um, It's it's, it's challenging, yeah. Yeah. BT, what's a joke that stood out to you from this episode? Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, the first joke I noticed again. And uh, Lisa makes Whistler's mother out of macaroni. That's a bit of a Schwarzweldian Americana leaking through again. Yeah. As we all know, Schwarzwater loves his uh, American. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so uncultured. I only know Whistler's mother because of the... Mr. Bean movie? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Right here. (laughs) The trick is, you don't say that and people assume you didn't know it from (laughs) there. This ugly old... <laughs> take the take the advice that Bart gave Homer that Homer gave Bart. It's just, yeah. Don't say anything and make anything worse. Yeah. <laughs> that initial birthday breakfast in bed sequence mm. was actually pretty good and yeah. like overcompensating with the pancakes and yeah. And I really like the callback later. It's a very it's a very kid thing where Bart gives Marge the perfume. He's he's like. Wait, why aren't you wearing it right now? She's like, she's like, oh, you know, I don't want to ruin it. Like, no, 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 this means you don't like it. You're going to have to wear it. Yeah, it's yeah. Very, there's gallons of it. Boy. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> this yeah. occasion would be already too special if we yeah. added more special. Yeah, it's a very parent-child back and forth. I quite like that. Yeah. Phil, what's a joke from this episode that stood out to you, for better or worse? There was a really good sign gag at the beginning where she walks into the bowling alley for the first time and she's like, excuse me, where do I throw this? And the guy's like, <laughs> over there. She's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, wait, you need a lane? She's like, oh, no, I don't. And he points to a sign and says, you can't no bowling without a lane. And the sign says, no bowling without a lane. <laughs> like, it's very specific. Yeah. It's... And also has no, I mean, no bowling without shoes, fair enough. <laughs> no bowling without a lane. Without a lane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Were you just going to throw it on the floor and, you know, try to hit the onion rings? Or... <laughs> uh, the onion rings. There are quite a few callbacks in this one. Mm. Yeah. A joke that stood out to me. Uh, I'm just going to go with the sign writers where at the Singing Sir line, the home of ballads and salads. Even there were a few other good sign jokes when Homer was walking looking for a present for Marge like at the Corn Emporium and he walks by and he goes, too corny. But I like that he chuckles to himself. Like yeah. <laughs> He's actually kind of proud yeah. of him. Actually, just before that, I really like his uh, when he's leaving the room to go get Marge a present. The classic yeah. little, I'm just gonna go. Oh, such a nice day. Might go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, the sound pantomime of running down the stairs, out the door, into the car. I think he forgot, Mom. Was there an episode where he does exactly the same thing, but just slides down the drain pipe? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Valentine's Day episode. Because I'm like, because that's when they're downstairs having breakfast. He goes upstairs, and yeah, that's what I was, I was going. Maybe that's this one, but it wasn't. No, I was confused. Yeah, tries to slide down the drain pipe. Whole thing fucking falls over. <laughs> PT, what's a story moment from this episode that stood out to you for better or worse? Jeez, I don't know if you caught well. 
just the whole thing, really. It's all actually quite a compelling story. Yeah, it's all, uh, again, early season episode, you can explain the plot in about two sentences. Yeah, Marge goes bowling and seduced by the shock. <laughs> shock. Brunswick. I do love that. <laughs> Mr. Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, and his line when talking about the Homer ball, you know, some people have unnecessary attachments to heavy, clumsy Yeah, before things. he really knows. And I also, actually, the plot point I'm going to bring up is later on when he gives Marge the glove and it has, she's like, oh, it fits my hand and it has my name on it. It was clearly meant for me. Mm. Again, Jacques doesn't necessarily know that this is paralleling, her, parall- paralleling mm. Homer's gift. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like that as a kind of story point of that it's not just his charm that is seducing, it's his thoughtfulness. But yeah. I also love that immediately he says, 1795. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just in case you're thinking of reimbursing. Yeah. Um, I think that was an important story moment because there was something that also always bugged me about the scene in the sitting so line where Marge is getting the birthday song mm-hmm. and they call her Mrs. Homer Simpson. Yeah. And I think that was more just a sign of the times, what you'd do at the time. You'd refer to a woman as the wife of Mr. You know? I don't know, I think... But in the 90s, probably not. Like, I know yeah. our grandmother was listed on, like, bank accounts and stuff as our grandfather's name, like Mrs. Harold. And when I know that she had trouble changing it after he'd passed away because she wasn't him. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think by the 90s, you probably... I, think, yeah. I don't think anyone's calling anyone Mrs. and then the yeah, husband's um, I assumed it just kind of fit the rhythm of the song a bit better. Yeah, I yeah. assumed that it was Homer had forgotten what her name was. <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, put put my name down. Yeah. <laughs> but I felt like that was actually an important bit of establishing, you know, Marge actually owning the glove later and mm. it actually being her thing. Yeah, and I also like that glove is what clues Homer into yeah. the fact that, oh, there might be something more than bowling going on because it's too Marge. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, is it, wait a second, to be given it from somebody. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. That's that's a powerful glove, a powerful tool of storytelling, that glove. It is. Uh, this episode made a lot of good use of those subtleties. Um, In that moment where he looks at the glove, he discovers it's too Marge rather than just mm-hmm. Marge's glove. Has that realisation of, oh, shit, this is more than just bowling. Yeah. But then what he does is puts the glove back in the drawer and quietly closes the drawer. Yeah, like, it doesn't fly off the handle. Yeah, he's like he's like almost succumbed to the realisation of what's happening and it's, you know, this is just a sad thing that's happened and there's no way out. So he just succumbs to the, the situation, which I thought was really an interesting move. It's obviously not what we'd really expect of Homer later on in, in yeah. more recent seasons, but... Yeah, was, I feel like a more recent episode would spend a lot of time of Homer fighting for Marge and really he should. It's actually quite an odd choice that you don't, really see Homer fighting until the PB&J speech. Yeah, yeah, which is, again, very cute and very... Yeah. He's saying so much by just talking about peanut butter and jelly. But he's also, yeah, just still being old juvenile Homer, just... Yeah, but there's a lot, like, there's this episode has just a ton... Actually, it's mostly all subtext. Yeah. Like, yeah. All, the, all the really talk like between Jock and Marge is all, not very subtle subtext, mm. but all subtext, and then there's so many other things where the thing being said isn't what's being said throughout the yeah. whole episode that I think that's where that kind of... This is like this is a really heartfelt episode the whole way through and you're happy at the end when they kind of get back together. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like it really pulls you along and I think it's because it doesn't stop and say, hey, this is what we're talking about and this is what we're talking about. But you kind of get those moments from the characters, mm. which is great. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't stop and say, here's a spoiler about our marriage. It's not going so well at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> like it's literally, yeah, I really, I think that's what I really like about this one. It's all just uh, in between the lines. Yeah, yeah, and I think one of like my favorite line in the whole episode, which I hadn't really noticed before, was after Homer gives the 
you make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like nobody else can. And he's like, all right, well, I just thought I'd let you know that. And then he says, goodbye, my wife, and walks out. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, that, like, they've really thought about how this works in a way of you say things that you... Like the subtext running through everything and it really made a big difference to that episode. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say the story moment for me that stood out was actually Bart and Lisa's reaction into this. This wasn't mm. my complaint where it feels like they were filling up the line quota because it kind of was. It was just like making sure that they were a part of this story, but they really went to the effort to make sure they were showing how this was affecting the kids. Yeah, not only that, that was probably where you got most of the jokes from in a little bit later in the episode. Where- yeah. But it's like, I'm not in denial. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> and he's like, Lisa, I think I just hit fear. Can you help me? He's like, sorry, I can't help. I'm in the fifth stage self-pity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that was fun. And yeah, Bart's whole trying to pep Homer up because, yeah, you can tell he's finally clued in. Oh, shit, something's not good here. Yeah, just throws baseball and just... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even say ow. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ow. <laughs> Yeah, Lisa's smartness as well, just sort of seeing the overcompensation. And Mm. there was another little subtle bit there where Marge goes, oh, I'm going bowling again tonight, so Homer will take care of dinner. And Buck goes, oh, Wednesday, hoagies. Yeah. So uh, that's just a little subtle thing to say, this is going on. This has been going on long enough for there to be a routine. Yeah, it's been been at least a week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, play count. How many times before tonight do you think you've seen this episode? Um, This one didn't get syndicated a lot, so I'm only going to say maybe four or five, but I swear I haven't seen this one in like 20 years. Yeah? Yeah. Phil? I reckon I've seen this probably upwards of 10. Yeah. But not for a long time. I've actually seen it a whole bunch. Um, It's actually one that I started avoiding a lot when I'd watch season one, because it is a heavy episode, Mm. to be fair. You don't watch it for fun, no. Yeah, to be fair, I don't actually revisit season one that often. It's just sort of like a curiosity for me more than anything. But yeah, I actually came in tonight thinking that I'd actually rank this one quite low. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But um, I might be turned around. This this old cynic maybe has a heart. <laughs> True. I mean, but it is like it's not a funny episode, mm. and there's a couple of little jokes, but they're not laugh out loud ones and yeah. i think it's yeah you know, it wasn't really by that stage i think the simpsons wasn't a comedy show i think it was just a cartoon yeah. Yeah. show that was going, trying to be i guess a little bit like, comedy a little bit yeah drama. a little bit tool time and stuff like mm. all that type yeah. of stuff but it was still trying to be a stand-up show by itself it wasn't a kid show and it wasn't a comedy show but there was i having seen it a lot of times i was like when we said what it was i'm like oh, i know this one yeah it's okay but then watching it again i'm like yeah it's not what you expect from a Simpsons now, but I think it's a great app. Mm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, is there any impactful moments from this episode, quotes and stuff that have stuck with you over the years? Uh, everything about brunch. Yep, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I still really like, uh, my mind says no, but my heart and my hips cry proceed. <laughs> cry, cry proceed. <laughs> There's not, I don't really have many quotable quotes out of this no, one. No, not a lot. But, but, um, There's a lot of things that I, I got this watching that I hadn't really paid attention to before. At the very beginning where... Homer's gone to buy Marge a present and she's on the phone to Patty and Selma and they foreshadow what he does. Mm. They say, like, remember that time? Yeah. He always buys you something he wants for himself. She's like, last time was a tackle box and the time before that was this. And she's like, oh, no. A Connie Chung calendar was one that's of them. That's what I thought it was. And I'm like, is that the news anchor? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird connection, but oh well. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's really interesting that they foreshadow that from that position. And then I also love where they're out at the singing sirloin and Homer's... Wolfing down his steak, and yeah. Patty, Patty goes to Selma, 
do you know the Heimlich maneuver? And someone goes, no. Penny's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they had some great banter back in the mm-hmm. old days. It's actually interesting. They've sort of dropped off as characters a bit. Yeah, I think they just played everything they could. Yeah. Well, and I, and I imagine having them smoking constantly on mm. screen is a bit awkward. Yeah, but you could always just not have them smoke. That's true. What about vaping? It's <laughs> the new... Oh, they probably have done an episode recently where they vape. I feel like that's yeah. coming up, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, any other impactful moments over the years? I know Jark's line, let's hope something runs her over. I did love <laughs> yeah. that. It's so dark. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we've all thought that about either your own personal Helen Lovejoy or Helen Lovejoy herself. Yeah, it's funny that she introduces herself, I'm the gossipy wife of the minister. Yeah, like, it makes me think that must have been one of the first times we've seen her. Yeah, that's yeah. what makes me assume. And yeah, but even then, it's just, I like that they're driving the point home that hard. Yeah, definitely. That. Yeah, she's a person that's going to be telling everybody about, you'll never believe who I saw at brunch. I know. Although I do like his line of, uh, want to meet you again, away from the prying eyes and Helens of this world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's an interesting moment in that scene, actually, where he's reaching out and for Marge's hands and she keeps like inching them oh, back yeah. a little bit. That's sort of reminiscent of um, back in the car as well. Did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Um, yeah, surprisingly for a season one, which a lot of them, they're finding their feet. They're definitely doing that a little bit here. Yeah. But I'd say, other than the fact that that's not the reaction we're used to getting from Homer, yeah, I mean, story-wise and structure and jo- the way the jokes are formed, even though it's not as joke-heavy, but they're still very Simpsons and jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the jokes are visual in this. Like, there was mm. the, um... There was the hand-touching montage of bowling. Yeah. yeah, especially like going for the onion rings. The, yeah. the onion rings. <laughs> guiding her gently into the ketchup. <laughs> yeah, I think like there wasn't many verbal gags. And I think it felt like a Simpsons, but the kids were definitely off. Like the beginning where they're both up cooking enormous breakfast for Marge's birthday. Like we've seen from now that they don't care that much. But yeah, yeah that's early on where they're still trying to be a functional family, I suppose. Yeah, because it is sort of uh, tricky to answer this question in, you know, a season where they're clearly mm. establishing the foundation. But, you know, talking about that opening scene, that just sort of felt more like kids being kids stuff. And yeah, yeah. Like, certainly with me and my brothers making horrible, horrible breakfasts in bed, you know. Yeah. I think the one thing that they didn't hit on was that the breakfast probably tasted terrible. terrible. <laughs> I do like they've made about 400 pancakes. He's like, do you think that's enough? <laughs> yeah, one, one more. And the whole, you know, licking the beaters thing, that was something, yeah, every kid did. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it was damn tasty. Mum, if you're listening to this, <laughs> prepare me some beaters. <laughs> Just the beaters. <laughs> Whip me up some beaters. It's like that, the idea that's an hors d'oeuvre now. Like, yeah. Beater, beater. <laughs> Is everyone there, like, awkwardly trying to get their tongue around the edge of the inside? Yeah. I mean, in the age where they put cookie dough in things now, yeah, yeah why not? Would so like a beater to start? <laughs> if you could make a pretzel beater wrapped around cookie dough, it would sell. <laughs> yeah, it would. Oh, I am so in for that. So let's talk about the wackiness of this episode. Um, you got the fantasy sequence between Marge and Jark again. She's unconscious. It's yeah. Uh, do you guys know if it's referencing anything? Because those, it's such a it's vivid a very style. distinct style. Um, not specific. It feels like a little bit like a nineteen uh, forties, fifties musical. Yeah, like kind a, of thing. a Fred Astaire type. Yeah, of... a little bit like yeah. that. But uh, I just really like how the way it's coloured and the way the shots transition. Yeah, it was really uh, well done. I also like how they start it like it's a theatrical play. She's at the front of his door, and mm. the curtains come up. Oh, if the go, front of his door becomes yeah. the curtain which rises up. Yeah, like yeah, I thought it was really, really nice. And they kind of pan out and they're on the um, triangles of the bowling lane. And uh, yeah. oh, you certainly have a lot of bowling <laughs> trophies. There's also trophies in making love. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, he was so good in this. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, yeah, an absolute perfect character the whole time. And yeah, there were so many of these animation things which were subtly referencing to bowling, like when Marge and Jack are in the car and the moon is a clear yeah, bowling ball. I love that. <laughs> like a huge yellow bowling ball in the, in the sky. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I do like, as a catalyst for Marge and Jacques meeting, like she's seen him bowling with his friends and he's obviously yeah. quite good and she's obviously quite terrible, but they don't, you know, meet in any sense. Like she has such a bad bowl that it knocks over, jumps the lane and knocks mm. into his pin and he's like, oh, is this yours? And that's like, I found that to be a, a reasonably organic way of them actually meeting, whereas especially the HD versions, it would have just been, hey, you're a guy who learns how to bowl. Come teach yeah. me how to bowl. Like it just seemed like just that little difference of the happenstance or the meet cute of him mm. them meeting via her terrible bowl yeah, just gave it that much more reality, I suppose. Yeah. And then they continue because she's actually getting lessons. He's like, She's like, how much? $25 at a $40 value. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it felt like a real conversation that people would actually have. It's mm. not, you know, what are you doing here, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, and it makes sense from her perspective. She's bowling out of spite and yeah. uh, here's a guy offering to help us. She's like, yeah, why not? <laughs> doing things for spite. There's a playlist in The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Don't say, Don't say revenge. revenge. Don't say revenge. <laughs> revenge? That's it. I'm out of here. Yeah, and so I've just looked up. Apparently, the dream sequence is uh, reminiscent of the gay divorcee. Of course, who could forget that classic film? Where it meant happy. It was a film starring Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Well, there so, we go. yeah, that looks so beautiful with the black, the whites, and the pinks and oranges and yeah. stuff. Yeah, right. like Amaj's hair turns to pink. Yeah, in, the, in that kind of color palette yeah and just sort of the things that they decided to pick which ones were colorized like the champagne as well and um mm. uh, just really enjoyed that sequence and then at the very end you get the uh, officer and a gentleman reference oh where he's carrying her through the thing mm-hmm. oh okay. takes off the hat and puts it on i'm pretty sure that's the movie reference yeah i've not seen it i just Actually know, don't know. I, I just know the clip yeah, I, I think it's referenced in a lot of things with like Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong and all that, yeah. which I only just recognised that was that this time, but I think they're doing a slightly Palporty version. Yeah, probably, because again, first season, they didn't have Simpsons money yet. <laughs> yeah. What is Palporty? You said that twice now. Oh, right. Concept of like when the Simpsons do uh, jokes like... A McDougal's instead of McDonald's. Right. So, and so Cosmic like, Wars instead of Star Wars. It mm. comes from, you know, how bargain stores will have parallel imports. Yeah, right. Instead of uh, Vegemite, they'll have... Don't say Vegemite. <laughs> I know. I was trying to go through different... <laughs> Vogelmite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So just an off-brand, but of off, like an off-brand of a and, music And sample. intentionally referencing off-brand. Yeah, right. yeah, just changing it just enough so you don't have to pay anybody. Yeah. Like um, you get all the production music that says, sounds like Jurassic mm. Park. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, especially with these music numbers, definitely in the first season, they couldn't afford that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, not too many wacky moments though. In I think this. baseball to the head and maybe mm-hmm. tongue in the blend in the mixes. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, that's about all. Yeah, those were the only real cartoony moments. But conversely, the heart. Okay, this is a big oh question. <laughs> all of it. All the heart is here. Yeah, like I said, I think it's it was an interesting choice to make Homer really despondent in this. Mm. Well, I think it's like his his reference to being powerless in that scenario. Yeah. 
Or, yeah. or maybe just not knowing what to do. Yeah, I think a mix of not knowing what to do or feeling like this has been such a long-running thing, he doesn't know what to do about it. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have to try before. Yeah, well, he's realized, yeah, all this time he has, he's been taking it for granted. And I suppose this is one of the few references where he realizes he's taking Marge for granted, but that it's been going for, on for so long he feels like he can't do anything about it. Whereas in other episodes, he'll do one nice thing and that'll be enough. Yeah. And also someone tells him to do one nice yeah. thing. <laughs> like this, he kind of came to on his own because... He was operating on the advice Bart gave him of not saying yeah. Uh, yeah. anything to make it worse. Don't open your full mouth. Yeah, and then he had that <laughs> moment where he's like, was going to say something and then didn't and walked away and then came back with the peanut butter and jelly and yeah. analogy. Yeah, which is like the best thing he could think of to say, I appreciate all the small things you do for me every day. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, sa- saying stuff without saying stuff. I know. Subtext. <laughs> subtext is very important. Yeah, for instance, <laughs> it's a submarine of words. <laughs> the subtext of this show is cocaine. <laughs> Get more. <laughs> and sandwiches. <laughs> cocaine sandwiches. That, that would be that, mine. That's a podcast. <laughs> cocaine and sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you like sandwiches? I do. <laughs> okay, that's the end of the show. It's next week. Okay, it's next week now. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, other heart moments from this episode. Like, how did you guys feel about like how Marge was owning this situation? Wait, what's the whole Jacques situation? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like how organically it did come around. It was, you know, she is getting lessons from him because she's wanting lessons, and then that kind of evolves organically. It wasn't forced or thrown together. Or again, some of the other episodes we've seen where she's a little bit tempted. It's like. Why is it? Who is this person to? Yeah, like um, I think it was Devil Wears Nada oh, we watched yeah. where she almost kisses Flanders. and Yeah, it's just so forced. I think we all just complained about how it just didn't work or make any kind of sense. And it was also, that was such a fast turnaround of like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Suddenly, I'm sexually attracted to Flanders. Like, what? Yeah. Whereas yeah. this was like, she resisted and then they had a legitimate reason. And it took four bowling lessons before he said, come to my room. Like yeah. that, come to brunch. No, and she she is physically resistant the whole time, mm. and you know I'm a married woman. And yeah, I really like. Uh, would you like a mimosa? I'm a married woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I find it charming to think that I was saying something rude, but <laughs> yeah, and I like that Marge's naivete coming through. Um, I think for me, a big bump moment is the, when she's uh, giving the kids lunch and saying goodbye. And you're like, oh, is she like saying goodbye, goodbye? Yeah, is she really thinking about this? So you're going bowling tonight? Yes, 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 whatever. Extra treats. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, and those lunches look good. I always thought as a kid that that was like a candy pony that she got. <laughs> it's Man, toy, it is kind of like the color of candy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in the Babump moments, yeah, Lisa was really good in this episode as well, just the way she was going through the stages and stuff. Mm. Yeah, because she was explaining not... She wasn't bossing people around. Yeah. She was yeah. like... This is the thing we're, that we're going through. I do like she was like, she couldn't help Bart who was in fear because she'd moved on to self-pity. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I can't do it. All right. So yes or no? Yep. Yes. Yeah, sure. Like not rushing out to see it. Maybe if it's in a playlist, definitely. What playlist though? Um, Marge's Infidelity. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't come up too often. So we get some, uh, the Bolarama. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything to do with bowling and. Now I've just got Homer. I'm gonna make it after all. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, bowling episodes, Albert Brooks episodes. Uh, the incredibly small playlist, which will be references to their direct ages. Because at the beginning, oh, they're like yeah. Marge's 34th yeah. birthday. And like, ooh, interesting. 
Which, as we've discovered, the ages of Marge oh, yeah, and Homer are just wildly inconsistent. Like, the only right. two I can think of where they directly reference anyone's age is this one and uh, Mother Simpson, where she, yeah. they mention how old Homer is exactly. Yep. Yeah, I can't really think of any other ones. There's not really much in this, really, this episode. It's Yeah, yeah it's about sort of three different things. Yeah. Bowling, infidelity... Singing solo line. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe sex in the backseat of a car. <laughs> I did like that. I definitely didn't get that from the first time. Was yeah. yeah. <laughs> Won't be back for 10 minutes. <laughs> I love how everyone's just, yeah. <laughs> I will say actually as well, as far as like impactful moments, the idea of a Homer present is something that's in my family. Like when someone buys a present that was obviously for themselves. Oh, really? And yeah, we go, oh, that is such a Homer present. Oh, Homer's bowling ball, right? And <laughs> I do love him trying to justify it. It's like, uh, but the holes were drilled for your fingers. Well, I couldn't cut your hand off and bring it with me now. Your name is on it. So you know it was from me. Yeah. It's just some of the shittiest track covering ever. And then, then the turnaround when she's like, well, I'm going to use it. What? You've never bowled before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Puts himself straight back into it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, totally explaining his selfishness without going, oh, Homer, you're so selfish, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, guest stars did the musical moments. Yeah. So there was a love lift us up. I don't think oh, there are any other musical moments. Uh, all the singing and the singing sirloin. I didn't catch any of the songs, but I do like how one of them's like clearly a, f- a wake. A feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. Next to a, you know, anniversary song. And yeah, and, uh, expecting parents and then, oh, funeral music. <laughs> oh, I do love there was that as a gag where Marge is driving to either meet Jock or meet Homer and she's like drives past and stops at the lights and she sees a couple come out of a, a church. Yep. And then she stops and she sees kids playing in the park and then she stops and she sees old people walking down the path and she stops next to two tombstones next to each other and then she stops outside a costume shop and there's two skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's very good. And I also kind of like the absurdity of there being a sign and one says power plant and <laughs> yeah. one says... Fiesta Terrace. Fiesta yeah. Terrace. Like, what were the odds that sign would be? The exact fork in the road she needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, D- Danny had a good word for it. It was a coincidence drive or um, <laughs> decision-making boulevard or something <laughs> along those lines. Boulevard of making decisions. Yeah, and then, yeah, coming up at the the final fork in the road of consequence. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're almost there. BT, do you have any other notes? Um, where Homer's looking after the kids. He's like, okay, well, there's dinner. Does the time always drag like this? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I kind of want to watch it again. Uh, the back and forth between Marge and Jack was like, do you feel the lane, Marge? Yes. Do you feel how smooth it is? Yes, it's quite smooth. Yes, it is smooth indeed. I know. Yes, it is. Smooth. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like that must have come out of the improv. Then just back and forth thing for a little bit. Yeah. My only last note is I kind of like in Marge's dream sequence, we get kind of a sense of uh, how her repressed brain works. Yeah. When she's uh, in dreams. Because, you know. Outside of dreams, she thinks a mimosa is something dirty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, inside of dreams, there are trophies for lovemaking. Yeah. <laughs> the champagne delivered by elevators. <laughs> All right, time for my final quickfire notes. Everybody get down. He's got some notes. <laughs> Wait, have I used that before? Uh, so when Homer gets to the mall... He parks in a no parking zone when there are several, several signs <laughs> that say no parking. I miss that. Including, like, they're painted on the curb as well, no parking, and there are multiple signs. It's really funny. House of answering machines. <laughs> <laughs> businesses that just could not exist anymore. Yep. Also, businesses that you could never make a gag from if it wasn't an animation. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't make 
50 signs up for shops that you're never going to go into. <laughs> like pop- I never thought about that, yeah. Popcorn Emporium, <laughs> too corny. And then what, the one after that was... There was a lingerie shop. Laundry, and he's like, ooh, no, too something else. Too racy. Too yeah, racy. maybe for the singing sirloin, but come on, Homer, get, get your woman some nice knickers. Really undercuts the sexiness of him calling him knickers, doesn't it? Indeed it does. <laughs> In an Aussie accent. This is why the English are a very unsexy race. <laughs> Uh, I like that this started out the whole Marge has got pretty big feet thing. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because I'm actually doing a rewatch of King of the Hill at the moment and Peggy also has massive feet. It was just a joke they made in the 90s. It's all right. Yeah. Women uh, with feet. I, think it, I believe it all stems from uh, Married with Children. Ah, yeah, did, ca- um, did Peggy have big feet too? No, or? but like every second episode, uh, he, Al would have a story about this woman who came into the shop wanting me to cram her tiny, her massive feet into his tiny pair of shoes. Oh. Yeah, There's like he, a general gripe about women somehow. Yeah. I understand it. <laughs> I've never thought about it until now. Yeah, that's true. I've not thought of married with children since forever. <laughs> Great. Since Neither they parried it on Futurama. Neither yeah. has anybody else. <laughs> I can tell you what the little arrows mean, and I can tell you which one is the beer frame. Do you know how to make a 710 split? Shout, the E80 is a cop. I don't know what the beer frame is. I think I know the arrows. I think it's the fifth frame. Halfway through, go get some beer. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. The beer frame. In team play, the only bowler on the team not to strike in a given frame must buy a beer for his teammates. Back to the show. But, Every frame? But yeah, I like the 710 split joke. <laughs> it's very silly, but it's well done. And my only other note is Jarkin putting on the aftershave and doing his anticipation scene. And I've got nothing really to say about it in that I just think Albert Brooks is amazing. Yeah, I feel like they just <laughs> wanted to squeeze one more scene out of that character. Yeah. Oh, but there's something that always sort of weirded me out about that. He says, you're going to a strikeout tonight. Yeah. Okay, so striking out in the baseball is dating bad, sense. But in the bowling, well, you just say strike in bowling. You wouldn't say strike out. Yeah. I just uh, kind of assumed that because he was French, maybe he just got the local yeah. Yeah. colloquialism incorrect. Like, oh, is a strike out? It must be a bowling term. Yeah. But even if he was getting it wrong, then he is foreshadowing that, yes, he did mm. strike out tonight. Let's rank it now. Okay. Phil. Okay. <laughs> I can give this gold. I think I think it's not quite up there to be quintessential QZ, but it's not where the eagles fly. It's not <laughs> on a mountain high. It's not as high up as <laughs> that with me. Um, but I really really enjoyed it and thought it was a great episode. It wasn't super funny, but definitely part of the yeah the base that Simpsons built from. And there's a little bit of out of characterness because everyone's so new and the characters mm. are so not formed. But yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I actually felt. Happy at the end of it, and yeah, yeah. You, you you were there with the characters. So yeah, I think solid gold for me. All right, BT. Uh, yeah, I was sitting at a Gilver the whole time, but I think just talking about the subtext of it has kind of pushed my guts into the gold. I think I'm I'm surprised I didn't think I couldn't really remember this episode terribly well. And yeah, it's not a laugher, but it is a very well written episode. A lot of the jokes are a lot more subtle than I w- w- took for than I I took for granted. I took this episode for granted. Just tell us how well it makes sandwiches. Um, yeah, I believe that is a gold from me because it's just it's a well crafted episode. All right, and you don't get everything you would get to in a cubic zirconia, but you get a good episode. 
you do get a damn good episode. And here's the size of cantaloupe. Um, I'm giving it a silver. Uh, look, uh, all this stuff, like, considered of how clever it is and how innovative it is, especially given the time, but just as a Simpsons episode, it's still... I mean, silver's still great, mm. but it's just... I, I don't have gold in me for this one. Um, no, and not- I think it's mostly because I just don't really want to return to it anytime soon. Whereas a lot of the golds and cubics we rank yeah. is like, can we watch this right now again? Yeah, well, I would want to watch it again to just pull it apart a little bit more. Sure. And just uh, track almost every line of dialogue and see how that links in other parts. Yeah. But this is definitely a milestone in the Simpsons canon and yeah, should absolutely be respected. Despite my... Pers- Disrespect. <laughs> my kind of low rank. But it will uh, still be a gold episode. It'll be a dull gold. And it'll be joining such episodes as Krusty Gets Cancelled, which we reviewed a few weeks ago. Uh, Mountain of Madness, which I still don't know how you guys didn't give it 14 cubics each. I, I still don't know how you gave it one cubic each. <laughs> I still don't know what that episode was. Uh, the one where Homer and Burns get trapped on a in a snow lodge. Ah, uh, I didn't write that one. Treehouse of Horror X and XI. Also in the dull gold category, Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble. Homer to the Max. Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment. Selma's Choice, the Duff Gardens episode. And there's no disgrace like home, the one we did with Dr. Marvin Monroe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that- Am I alive or not? <laughs> Another earlier. Yeah. Hmm. That's it. Seems yeah. to be alright. Yeah, good spot for it. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I think that does it for episode sixty-eight of the Simpsons Index. Oh, one away. Damn it. One episode away. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Well, yeah. Thank you for having us over, Phil. A pleasure as always. And thank you for coming along, BT. I mean, you drove, so. <laughs> and I threw you in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you could listen to other podcasts. Wait, that was me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how perplexing. <laughs> and out. Yep. That's all the mustard in the house. This isn't your house. But there's more mustard. Thank you for checking out the Simpsons Index podcast. Don't forget to go to www.thesimpsonsindex.com for the spreadsheet and information about upcoming episodes. And for today's extra content... Yo, 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 I seem really quiet. But then I do my talking voice and it seems okay. Yep. Radio talking voice. You gotta figure out your drive time name. I'm Smelly Elliot in the afternoon with (laughs) Megan the Slut. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, that would probably rate pretty well. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna lie, I would listen to that. (laughs) It's like, is she a slut? Or is that just the name? I was out with a guy the other night. Oh, Megan, you slut. (laughs) Shut up. Anyway. Shut up, Smelly. You wish you could get with a guy. Smelly old Elliot. <laughs> oh, I'm made of English now. Yeah. You also have banter going where she's all like, oh, you wish you could get with this. You just smell. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Lots of buttons. <laughs> Lots of cowbell. It's cold and it smells. So did you have some bang? <laughs> uh, no. Yes. <laughs> uh, just a little bit of woo 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 Ding, ding, ding. All right, you know what that means when Megan tells her slutty story, you call in for your chance to win $2,000 cash. Of anal lube. (laughs) From our sponsors at KY. I like that it's specifically that kind of lube.
Because you don't want veg lube in your butt. And you don't want butt lube in your veg. Uh, just, just walking away from that one. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And uh, that's the other thing, just while it's in my head. Uh, April Come She Will was also in Parks and Rec during April and Andy's wedding. Aww. That was the song she walked down the aisle to. Uh, mm. Get me a song, a girl called April. <laughs> <laughs> and Come She Will. Uh, uh, so that's all you guys' notes? That's everything I got. All right, give me one second to do mine. Not not many left. Give me one second in time. Just to find something that's mine. Give me two seconds in time. Seconds in time. Just realize I have to run time twice. Should be theoretically easy then. But I've already used the one easy word I've already used up. Use time the seasoning. Still the same word in talk. Pimple moose. <laughs> you say pimple moose? Pimple moose. Okay. Pimple moose? Pimple moose. Compliments? It, it's French for grapefruit. Oh, nice. Way to go, France. Way to have a language. Le grand rire mange le pimple moose. What'd you say about my mother? <laughs> Your grandmother wants grapefruit. <laughs> oh, well. Because I've on snoring leave. Snoring leave. Yeah, yeah. what was the Snor- operation for exactly? So I had my deviated septum straightened. Oh, okay. So it was either surgery or 10 years worth of cocaine abuse. Mm. Turns out surgery, way cheaper. Yeah, no, that makes <laughs> sense. Not as much fun. No. Also, you don't seem like the energetic person for cocaine. It just makes me sober. Mm. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm like, yeah, I'm drunk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> everything's fine now. Now I'm perfectly okay. That's how mm. I feel though. And then like the next day people go... You were talking really intensely. Yeah, I don't know how I am on the outside. Inside, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a cool, breezy paddock. Yeah. <laughs> it balances out like the sloppiness and the falling yeah. overness of drunk. Crazy. Fun drug. Cocaine. Okay, try it today. Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsored by cocaine. This is brought to you by cocaine. I'm writing that down. That's funny. Okay. Our episodes are now only 20 minutes long and we cover six episodes in yeah. that time. Yeah. If you listen to us in one and a half speed, you literally won't hear anything. <laughs> Sorry. Getting there. He's getting there and he's writing some notes. Going to summarize all his thoughts on the show. In quick fire. Question. Style, which to be perfectly honest, takes a little bit longer than quick fire would suggest. <laughs> it's just a name, it's not a concept. That's fair. Just like fairy bread, not made from fairies. I mean, the original might have been. That's why they're extinct. Mm. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah, I was just on a thing going like, it'd be cool to play an instrument that you could do with short chipolata fingers. Yeah. I spoke to one guy once who was a bass player and I was saying, oh, I'd love to play guitar, but I've got stubby fingers. And he's like, so do I. I'm like, how do you play guitar? And he's like, I play the bass. Yo. Yeah. Like, oh. So maybe I'll become one of those guys that talks only about bass players instead of bands. That's very That's right. strong opinions on bass players. Yeah. <laughs> Our stubby fingered brothers would be uh, happy to welcome you in. <laughs> I feel like that's a club that I don't want to see the badge for. <laughs> Phil, do you have any other notes? No, we've covered all the things that I've written down, but I'd really just started, didn't write that many notes because I was just enjoying the episode. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there was a really natural flow to it that, um, yeah, was natural. Mm. I like your almost as natural use of words as that use <laughs> of Thank the word natural. It was almost yeah. a segue that went nowhere. <laughs> I was about, yeah, I nearly called it a segue. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was the same bloody, <laughs> it was the same way. 
segues Ooh. that go nowhere. <laughs> All right. <laughs>